0: Hello, world, and welcome back to the Morning Geekdom Podcast. As always, I am your host, Anthony Matula, and today I am joined by Rob. On today's episode, we will be discussing a film celebrating its 20th anniversary, The Phantom Menace. For those of you who are new to the podcast, Morning Geekdom is a place where friends congregate to discuss all things pop culture. Hope you enjoy it. Let's get started. You refer to the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the Force. You believe it's this boy.
1: At last, we will have revenge. Come on, take off. And fear is the path to the dark side. Light the night
0: Rated PG. All right, Rob, where does uh, the Phantom Menace fall for you within the Star Wars universe?
1: <clears throat> Probably right there on the bottom, and <laughs> and like not to start off, you know, shitty. Sure, but um, yeah, it's it it's it's not bottom bottom. It's not like it's like out of, all right. So how many star Wars movies so, are we talking? We're talking so 10.
0: No, I would, I would just, so let me, let me quantify that a little bit or clarify that a little bit. I'm just saying like the Skywalker trilogies. So gotcha. you have the first three, the second three, and then what's coming up to be the the final three. So this within is not those gonna, nine, well, eight, it's not the bottom. It that, is seven. It's ranked seven, right? Out of eight. So, Oh, it's seven out of eight. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think I would put that. Look, it's not you're not being negative every if you have a list,
1: something's got to be last. Doesn't mean you like it the least. No, but a... I think a lot of people shit on a, a Phantom Menace and it it totally deserves it, but I mm-hmm. think there's an important place for this stupid movie in the universe. It's not like its episode episode 2 full stop was bad. Sure. And I it it would be hard to argue how it's not bad. But, um, I mean, Phantom Menace, everybody was trying with Phantom Menace. That's an interesting, okay, so what you said, that's interesting. So yeah, this does have a,
0: in the history of Star Wars, this has an important place, right? We don't have what we have now without this
1: movie. Yeah, we don't have a lot of things if we don't have this movie. But is that a bad thing? No, um. Meaning if, if we don't have the prequels, like, I don't know that I'm, I'm, I I don't, I don't lament for the prequels. You know? Yeah, it's hard to lament for the prequels, but the, the the prequels were, you know, when you talk to me with this stuff, I, there's always a piece of, and I always throw it back to nostalgia, but it's an important piece for our generation to remember that movie. Yeah. And more than the movie itself, it was everything that led up to the movie and everything that movie meant to Star Wars people. I think that's why that movie is so important, and that's why it's like hard not to defend it. But if you're just looking at that thing cold, because plenty of people are like, hey, I should watch Star Wars, which one should I start off with? No one says Episode 1. Yeah, I think that, okay, so what you're saying is very interesting, because this is like our
0: generation's Star Wars. You and I aren't old enough to remember going to see, or I wasn't even born for the first Star Wars, and then obviously I was two when the second Star Wars came out, and not didn't go to see any of those, obviously, in the theater. So this is like our generation of Star Wars. This is, we got to experience the hype, we get to see all of the the merchandising, like it was a big deal. And all three of them, I mean, Phantom Menace, um, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith, those are all three big
1: deals. No matter how bad the previous one was, it was still a big deal. Yeah, it's hard to separate this other than, you know, it, you, when you say the prequels, you, everyone kind of goes to, you can't really separate one, two, and three. And um, I, as you guys talk about Harry Potter, I think Harry Potter is a lot... Even though I've not seen any of them. Mm. I think Harry Potter is easier to separate. Just like Indiana Jones is very easy to separate. Um, but just this, you can't... It's just the prequels. It all kind of sticks together. So, And that's why I think people get shady on, hey, when did that happen? What episode was that? Like, w- when were they doing the two lightsabers? And when was the guy with the four arms in it? It's <laughs> it, it gets confusing. Yeah, the guy with the four arms. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I think that these... Yeah, I I want to be nice and say that I enjoyed parts of each one of them, and maybe when they came out at the time, I did very much enjoy like certain parts. Uh, again, when when this came out, when when Phantom Menace came out, I was nineteen, so you know your your tastes aren't as refined. You're we're starving for Star Wars, you know anything that was going to come out. The hype for this, I don't even know if I could, I can equate this to anything that's recent, right? There's nothing. No, that, this is it... this is at the infancy of the internet. Yeah. Um, this is like you're still getting magazine subscriptions. Um, oh you're yeah, getting like, Star Wars Insider. Yeah, Star Wars, and they had that. I remember the the one uh, episode or one a uh, uh, magazine the cover that just had Darth Maul's face. Yeah, and that was yeah. like the first time you got to see what he looked like. And it's just the hype for this was crazy. I mean, they had toy, they had uh, midnight toy releases at, at Toys R Us and all these places, and that
1: I was mean, the we, first time it had a it had a music release, like a midnight yep. soundtrack release. Yep. With a single. Like, Duel of Fates was a single. <laughs> yeah, they played it on Which the radio. I
0: remember that. I remember even they had, like, a big release for the book. For, like, the the adapted screenplay book. Four covers, by the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Four covers. All the, the faces of the, the actors. I mean, it, they were on uh, Vanity Fair. Like, the covers... They had Star Wars covers on Vanity Fair. It was a big deal. And then it turned out to be a shitball movie.
1: Now, this is why... <laughs> I like, it's I just, so amazing. I just because see your face. Like, everybody it, it was it was there's that movie. Did you see fanboys? You saw fanboys I you? loved fanboys. And the best line in fanboys is when they sit down to finally watch the movie and the line is what if it sucks? Right. And that was like the the thing that was repeated a hundred times leading up to that movie. And right. you're absolutely right. That was one of those we knew um. What do you call it? The special editions were coming out. So we were stoked about special editions, seeing right. the movie theater. Same thing. I didn't see it in the theater. I saw right. a special editions in the theater. And um, there was talk that a, a new trilogy was coming out. And I think Lucas confirmed it right after special edition came out. And then we started getting like, hey, it's going to happen. This is who the cast is. And oh, my God. And and I told you this in the, the Star Wars, you know, State of Star Wars one. Right. We didn't really think it was going to happen. I don't you can't equate especially now in the the current culture that it was so out of the realm of getting done that we didn't believe we were going to survive to actually see it like it was going to be like apocalyptic like if the if Star Wars comes out with a new movie like the world is going to end <laughs> that's how like emotionally drained people were how many
0: years are we between those between return of the jedi and phantom menace 15 right
1: it, uh, Return of the Jedi was 83, Phantom Menace was 99. Okay, so 16, 16 yep. years, it's a long and a time, long 16 years. Oh my god, and
0: a lot changed in film at that
1: point. I mean, there's there's
0: you have the you have all the special effects at that time, and then you have I always talk about it the Jurassic Park like effect yep. on special effects that changed everything. Yeah, so you have like three different to me eras almost of movie making because of like the way they were filmed, the effects. And so they just I don't know man it was it was such a big
1: deal I can't even put into words I don't think well that the, big of a deal the, was. the only thing we had like I you're not a Star Trek guy and, and I'm like a casual Correct. Star Trek guy right but the 80s and the 90s were like they belonged to Star Trek sure between the movies and the TV shows and everything um, but our hearts always kind of belonged to Star Wars and it was just like if they could do all of this stuff, why the hell can't they make a movie? And then they were doing the video games. Like Rebel Alliance 2? Did you yep. play video oh, yeah. games? Okay. So all of that stuff had like these cutscenes scenes in between them and the X-Wings were in it and the Millennium Falcon was in it And it was like, holy shit, look, at they can make a movie. <laughs> so it was – and even with all of that nonsense, um, it was just like it, the thought that it was going to be bad was so out of the realm of possibility. It's funny because even in the behind-the-scenes <laughs> stuff – you could see George Lucas in the background being like, wow, this kind of sucks. I don't know what this is going to look like. And he even says, he's just like, you know, we're going to see where it goes and hopefully it's okay. But, you know, we watched Star Wars, the first one, and we thought it was awful and that everyone loved it. So maybe we'll have the same thing with this one. But clearly is, that did not work. Is he the reason these movies suck?
0: Yes. He's the reason this, uh, watching, so I, I just watched this movie again this morning, right? Just to, I was like, I got to get, I watched it last week to prepare for this, but I was like, you know, what? I just got to, I got to make sure because after watching it last week, it left a really bad taste in my mouth. And I was like, am I being overly critical? So I rewatched it. Yeah. This morning. And I'm not being overly critical. The, it's <laughs> Did you one get o-
1: through the whole thing? You watched the whole thing twice? Watch the
0: whole thing twice. Oh, good for you. It's yeah. one of two things. Okay. Either it's the worst writing ever. And now, when I say the worst writing ever, it's just not how people communicate with each other. It's just no. not how normal people talk. Or
1: it's the worst acting ever. Because no, it's because, terrible. And you can't blame it on the actors and I'm ready to defend the actors on this sure. because we had some like as the actors were being released, it was it was great. So Natalie Portman, we all knew her from The Professional. We're like, "Oh, that she's going to be great because she's amazing in The Professional." You and McGregor just came off a of train spotting, and although it was like a weird choice, he certainly looked like Alec Guinness, and we're like, sure. All right, we can live with that one. And then Liam Neeson comes around, that gave the whole movie some validity, mm-hmm. and it was like fantastic. And I think the final nail in the coffin, they were like, this movie cannot be terrible, was when they had um, Ian McDermott release as coming back as Palpatine. Sure. And it's like, everything is there. All of these people that are involved in this thing, in one way or another, have been like, Praised and loved for their ability of acting, sure. Except for in these stupid movies, and it just it breaks the heart. Yeah, it, um, again, I, I lean towards its its directing and writing
0: more yeah, than yeah. anything. It also could be though that they are giving terrible performances because they have nothing. They have no frame of reference. They're acting against nothing. They're acting yeah. against green
1: screens. And that's the thing because there's nothing there. Yeah. It's it comes down to Lucas because it's George Lucas's job to describe everything to them or at least motivate them enough to to do something, you know, something that's going to work. Because if if we look at Phantom Menace, you got to bring Avatar into it. Sure. Because the actors were kind of dealing in the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, this is going to be kind of happening over here and, you know, this is happening and you got to react. And not saying Avatar is the Citizen Kane of our generation, Correct. but like Avatar's acting is way better than yeah, Phantom Menace. Yeah, but <sighs> So that's why I kind of think it's
0: it's a little it's like the perfect storm of bad movie making. I think that it was per, it was poor performances. I think it's terrible writing and it's bad direction. So I think yeah. it's it's a little bit of everybody, but I think more so it's it's the it's the writing because isn't
1: Lucas notorious for not really being like an actor's director? And you know that's it. Thinking? Yeah, and it's it at the end of the day the buck stops at George. And um, again, that's why I find the behind the scenes stuff so interesting. The um, if you watch the behind the scenes from like A New Hope, Mm -hmm. you can see collaboration like everybody's getting in on it. Like the actors are interested and the producers right there. People are giving advice back and forth and they're not listening to George like it's scripture. Like they're they're kind of hearing what he has to say because he was a young guy. But at the end of the day, he wasn't George Lucas in those days. He was just some guy trying to make a movie. So they were like ad libbing and, and they had a good time and they were like working with each other. With this movie, if you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff, they look at him like he's the freaking Pope. So he comes out, and anything that he says is good is clearly good. Anything that he says is bad is clearly bad. And everyone in the room always looks so nervous. It, so it's also a good study in, like, how do you work with people? Yeah. And who the heck wants to work with that guy?
0: Is he an overrated... Uh, just, is he overrated as a director, as a filmmaker? He's, I think he. I think he's a creative genius. Yep. Yep. But I think that
1: as a director or a filmmaker he's vastly overrated he is he's your he's your idea guy and he is you know he's the guy that wants to push everything further which he did with this I mean you can't argue the man didn't push the technology of movie making with this movie he did um but he's not he's not the he's not a good movie maker mm-hmm. and you could tell that by I mean, American Graffiti is pretty good, but I think Gary Kurtz has a lot of uh, sure. fingerprints on that. But if you look at THX 1138, you ever sit through that nightmare yeah, for a little course. while? Yeah, it's that is boring as fuck. Excuse yeah. me. And it's you know it's a great concept, but like who the heck wants to watch it time and time again? So I think th- the guy's a visionary. You're absolutely right, but he is a he's an awful director. Yeah, I feel like he's kind of like the big picture guy. Oh right? yeah, he's, he gives you. He's hey, the this guy is, you want on the team.
0: Yeah, this is what we're doing. This is what I've created. These are the, the the characters I've created. This is the story arc. But when it comes to like the granular part of it, I'm going to have somebody else do it.
1: Yeah, he needs somebody to come he in need, there and do the cleanup work. He needs Spielberg. He needs Spielberg. He needs, Spielberg. He needs his ex wife to do the editing. He needs he needs someone to kind of keep him in line. The editing in the new trilogies in the or the prequel trilogies are terrible. It is, it's, and that's so bad. It's yeah. you know The flow of it is terrible. So, when you go back to Star Wars, and I know this really well because they just did a big signing, a big autograph signing, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. With um, Richard Chu and Paul Hirsch and Marsha Lucas. They were the editors on the original one. And then the rumor is, and no one knew who the heck can back it up, that the original cut of Star Wars was, like, unwatchable. Okay. So, um, George Lucas's wife, that current wife, actually came in and edited all of Star Wars for him. With those two other guys. Same thing with Empire. Empire was also kind of like a little rough. These guys came in to um, edit it. With the prequels, it was all Ben Burtt and George Lucas doing the editing together. On like an avid computer machine. Mm-hmm. And it's just... If you watch the behind the scenes, footage again, I hate to like keep bringing up behind the scenes stuff. But it's so like endlessly fascinating. George is like directing and editing at the same time. Right. So any sort of like impulsive decision the actor made the director didn't have to deal with it they would actually cut other pieces in and crop stuff out to make sure all the performances were george lucas's ideal performance and that's what makes it so bad there was no collaboration the final word was all george yeah it's it's the editing the flow of this movie
0: is really bad it has terrible like just flow and it feels and this is like it's the sign of death for me mark of death for any movie i watch that i feel like this it feels long, even though it's not a long movie.
1: It's, yeah, like, two, you're not,
0: it's like two hours, 15 minutes. It
1: feels like a three-hour movie. And I think this is the heart of the issue. You nailed it right here. Why does the movie feel so damn long is because you don't know who to kind of be with. Like, who is your protagonist? If you look at, like, episode one, that's it's a two-and-a-half-hour movie, whatever it is, two-hour movie. Who is the protagonist? You right. can't even say it's Anakin. Because Anakin doesn't show up for the first like fifty minutes, right? And you really can't say it's Qui Gon because there's really like he's got no real motivation other than he's being told what to do all the time. Yeah, there's no character
0: and, development for the characters that are the new characters. There's none.
1: No. and it's it's too bad, and that that is the writing.
0: Yeah. Now, oh yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's being. There, go ahead. Being like being me and being like the nerdy guy, <laughs> the with. With any, like, big movie that's coming out, especially, like, Episode 9. Right now, everybody has, like, a movie being formulated in their brain what Episode 9 is going to look like. The movie that you have in your brain will never be what that movie is. Sure. But for, for like, the, the young Star Wars nerds, Episode 1 was, like, endlessly fascinating as far as, like, what it could have been. Yeah. And now, if you watch the trailers, the trailers for these movies... Even if you hate Phantom Menace, the trailer was amazing. Sure. Like, full stop. The first one's very good. It's because it was enough to kind of know that we were all salivating for content, and it just gave everything that we needed to do. But it's even if you just watch the trailers, you can put together a little movie in your head that is 100 times better than Phantom Menace. Sure. And it's just, at the end of the day, George Lucas doesn't understand his own characters. He doesn't understand what they are there for. And the big advantage of A New Hope over Phantom Menace, because I think both of them set up the other two movies, is he didn't let the actors play, and he didn't let the actors give you know the input that they needed to to drive the characters in certain directions. And Qui Gon Jinn is like the quintessential you know example of that, because here's a character. It's like, what is his purpose? What is he is he doing there? And he's supposed to be like this badass rogue Jedi, and you know he's supposed to be doing the things against. Um, The council and he's all for this kid. But like, but why? You know, and and, and what sympathy do we have for him? And what relationship have we really built up with him? And, you know, the whole movie could have been better if, you know, the Qui-Gon character, and this is my own original thought, I heard this somewhere along the way that Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, they actually join those two characters and just make a singular character. Make Obi-Wan that same character that kind of goes out and does his own thing, and he's really ambitious, and he doesn't listen to the council. And that might be a little bit more compelling, especially if we know all about Obi-Wan. So take out Qui-Gon, as horrible as that is, and then make it all Obi-Wan. Well, that's, that's the problem with the prequels
0: in general they have no... The the one memorable standout character you cut in half at the end of this movie. Yeah. There's zero other characters that you're like, wow, that was really original or they're interesting or just unique. Nothing, nothing. I don't give a shit about Padme. Like instantly, I don't care about Padme. I don't care about Qui-Gon because we all have an idea, right? A New Hope comes out and then you... They kind of lay a little bit of the mythology of the overall story in A New Hope of what's supposed to be happening prior to to the, the the rise of the Empire, they just give you enough to keep you really interested. And then you start to think, like, okay, what happened during the Clone Wars? What, you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin were friends. Like, how does that work? And then nothing, you get like a, a shitty uh, procedural movie about the Galactic Empire's, like, rulings and how they handle things in court and their kind of judicial system. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about this. Where's
1: the guy with the two lightsabers? (laughs) Because who is this movie made for? And is it made for, on one end you're arguing, it's made for little kids. This movie is not made for little kids. No, man. Like Jar Jar was designed to put some sort of kiddie thing in there to, like, take the attention off of all the other stupidity. And the movie is not designed for our generation because all we want is the last 15 minutes of that movie, which is the action and the lightsaber fights and all that stuff. But, like, as far as the who cares about the taxation of trade routes or, like, this little planet we've never heard of or, like, this invasion that's ridiculous, like, you know, you know, 12 battle droids are taking over an entire planet. It's that stuff is dumb. And again, it comes down to, like, freaking George. Like, what was what was the real reason for all this stuff? Like, okay, you want to get Palpatine in power. Sure. And you know the the storyline has always been he was a charming guy who kind of raised himself through the ranks and declared himself emperor. And I mean the prequels do that, but they just do it terribly. The other part was the Anakin part. Why do we need to find Anakin at 10 years old? Right. We don't. You know, why can't we find Anakin at like 16 or 17, like already like an emotionally distressed wreck?
0: Yeah, like a like you a know? like a apprentice like, where Obi-Wan
1: is. Right. Or prior, right. maybe a little bit before that. And I like the idea that he wasn't trained since birth. I think that there's a lot of validity in that. But sure. it doesn't need to be this little kid. And poor Jake Lloyd, and I'll be the only one on the planet that defends this guy. But, like, he he was, what, 10 when this movie came out? Sure. He, and he had to... There was a lot of pressure on him to be freaking Darth Vader. And it's like, he's a little kid. He's working with a director who never worked with kids before in a movie that was not designed for little kids, like what do you expect? Well, okay, so what I
0: would counter to that is, okay, I don't want to shit on a, on a 10-year-old for the, all the reasons you just said. He's he's really bad in this movie. Um, again, it's it's everything from the writing, because some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth, and I wrote a little bit, little bit of it down, we'll get to it in a little bit, is cringeworthy. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, but you look at Potter, and you look at the kids that were in Potter, and they were 11 at that time, they're great. Their performances in the first movie still hold up. You know, there's a, li- a couple times where you're like, wow, that's not great. Now, that could be because Chris Columbus has a history of working with kids like Macaulay Culkin. Um, it could be that they were more just talented actors, but two of them, two of the three, never acted before Harry Potter. So I, right. I give him a pass because he's a child. It's hard to criticize a child. He is terrible in this movie. You know, I'm not one of these crazy people who, like, wish this child death. Like, these people are nutsos, right? Yeah, but... but- I lay that more at George again for the direction and the writing,
1: but he's just—he's not great by any stretch no, he, of the imagination. He was—he was poorly casted. And, he was, and and he was abandoned for lack of a better word. And not to sound like you know like a bleeding heart here, but like George, you kind of like screwed this kid a little bit. Like a lot was riding on this kid. Um, the movie came out, and it was certainly critiqued him and Jar Jar. And instead of like working with this kid a little bit, and you know. And not to be shitty, but, like, getting this kid other work. Like, I really feel for Jake Lloyd. Sure. Because he took all of that pressure. He took all the publicity. And he was a little kid. He did not understand what was going on. And this kid right now is fucked up. Yeah. Like, full stop. If you see him at a convention, if he even does a convention anymore, I mean, he's been arrested for um, some wacky driving. It's... It's I feel for the guy. I really yeah. do. Um, but, but, and then the other thing about the 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 casting of him is he was not the best one. Like they showed in the behind the scenes of like, here's these three other kids, and he is not the strongest of the three. I'm sorry of the two. Yeah I don't, yeah, I,
0: again, I just it's it's gotta be a director thing with with the direction they gave him. Um, I don't I don't need to see Anakin at ten years old in these movies, right? Nope. Uh, I just, I just don't need it. And the the pressure question is in, is interesting because a, this ten year old doesn't understand. I got to imagine he doesn't understand that there's a lot of pressure on him, right? No. no. I mean, he, 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 he has pressure to. I'm sure he has some sort of a, an idea of like wanting to please the people that he's working for, wanting to please adults, his parents, whatnot. He doesn't understand that he's Darth Vader and what that. I can't imagine at ten years old you understand the
1: the weight that 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 bears. No, not at all. He's he's a kid. Who kind of knows? Because even then he was young, so he didn't grow up Star Wars. He just he just grew up, and you know, all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, you're going to be the young Darth Vader," and it's like, "Okay, cool." I don't think Star Wars was like this kind of, kind of be all to end all. Like this is who I'm going to be. Yeah, I think it was just like, "Hey, I got a movie, and great." And, you know, the last movie I did was Jingle All um, the Way. <laughs> jingle All the Way, and like it's it it's just it it's there, and it, it's my my heart breaks for for Jake Lloyd, and you know there's my there's my two cents about him but it's again it it goes back to formula it it shouldn't have been about 10 year old anakin skywalker it should have been you know a little bit older anakin skywalker and if we're going to play the game of you know already emotionally wrecked again I, i go back to it should have been starting with a teenager even if it's like all right let's say they just find him it should have been Anakin should have been the MacGuffin of the movie, you know, Mm -hmm. just like Luke was the MacGuffin of seven. It should have been like, Hey, we're hearing about this guy that's on this planet. And it should have been like a search for him, like on both sides, like give us a little bit of Seth, give us a little bit of Jedi. And like, who is going to get to him first? And maybe that's a better storyline. Sure. You know what I mean? But it's just, we didn't get that. We got something that is completely wooden and ridiculous and boring (laughs) and Again, I watched. It, it, I watched twice in, in a week. Uh, you know, <laughs> I watched it last night, and the thing that does hold up is especially on my new sixty five inch four uh, K TV. No big deal. It is. It's Humble gorgeous. Brag. Yeah, no big deal. Humble. It brag. is. It's a beautiful movie. I disagree. And you're like, I know because you were shitting on it with Harry Potter uh, podcast. Hey Beth, by the way, you did a nice job on the Harry Potter podcast. It's you know, shout out to Beth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shout out to Beth. The – um <laughs> it does look sterile and it does look kind of like – There's, there's you know, no life. It looks computerized. There's, there's no, no life. life. And, there's zero and life I, in that movie. I, and I agree. But if you look at the um, – and again, the casual viewer is not going as deep as I am. But if you look at the conceptual work, I mean the conceptual work and what is on screen is they're identical. Like the feel of the movie is there that the artist wanted. So, like, the world building and all that stuff, I really do like it. I think it looks great. It's just there's no meat in it to, to make it any better, to, like, yeah. to, to elevate it. Yeah, see, I, I, I couldn't disagree
0: more. It looks, looks sterile. There's no life, nothing's breathing. Um, there's such a stark contrast between when you can tell it's a practical effect, the few times there's something practical, to when it's not practical. Like, there's a scene where Jar Jar reaches his arm into the pod... Um, What's it called? The pod racer. and right. you can tell that that's an actual physical arm in prosthetics, and it looks good. And then you can, but it's like you can tell when they come up into Naboo, uh, Obi Wan, Jar Jar, and Qui Gon in the in the boat, and they come up and they're they're floating oh, in man. the water, and they get out. They're in an actual physical representation of that boat, and it looks so much better. It just, I can't. Yeah, any this the movies that are made in this this era that like 10, 10 years including the first
1: potter first couple of potters the effects are rough man they're rough they're rough and then the other things that's cl- like just stand out like Henry Cavill's lip in Justice League are uh, like the reshoots it's,
0: and it's rough.
1: episode 2 is like horrendous for reshoots and i talked about this already yeah. just look at obi-wan's beard in episode 2 it's ridiculous well i got i got a lot of issues with obi-wan's hair in this movie because <laughs> sometimes it's like wet
0: and then the next yep. shot it's dry sometimes That's the it's wig. like yeah sometimes That's... it's like uh, it's a, it he has different wigs in this movie specifically in phantom yeah. menace whatever they're doing with his hair if it's a wig if it's not a wig I don't know there's scene to scene or shot to shot it looks
1: completely different it's, it's too bad it's terrible man and wh- and once we start getting into like categories and questions and and all of that stuff again you and mcgregor you know i live hard for Ewan McGregor I think he's a fantastic actor sure I think he was very well casted and I really do think that he if you go across the the prequels he was just trying every single one (laughs) like he brought his a-game every day sure and you know Portman not so much but he's it's too bad it's too damn bad it's too damn bad it was a bad screenplay it's too damn bad that it was a bad director
0: all right, so we've done enough lamenting, I think about it. Why don't we get into the synopsis and then kind of just the stats of the movie and then overall, <laughs> overall uh, categories? I know we're gonna get back into this. So,
1: oh yeah, it's again because a movie of great feeling for me. I can tell as you're on your third beer. Uh, this is only the second beer, and just it's so everybody done knows, though, so you're getting ready to be on your third. Yeah, I have a cooler here right now. My my daughter is not feeling well, so I'm not recording from my basement. I'm recording from her bedroom, which is kind of weird. <laughs> So since I can't have a fridge in here, I brought a cooler. <laughs> right. <laughs> which I just think is funny. Um, but I just did get a kegerator, which is a big highlight of my life. So um I won the Super Bowl pool a couple of months ago. Right. And um I never win the Super Bowl pool. So it's like <laughs> I had the the cash sitting there. It's like what are we gonna do with this cash? And like again, Normal people would, like, put it into something positive, like renovation on the house or, like, a family vacation. And I'm sitting there. I was like, oh, I should buy a kegerator. Like, <laughs> let's bring alcoholism to, like, a new level in the Leonard house. Sure. So bought myself a kegerator. Why didn't no you buy another
0: Harrison Ford autograph? Oh,
1: <laughs> dude. I just talked to a guy today. And um, the, so the, the Harrison Ford signing happened. You know this. Yeah. And, FY, um, FYI, there are people that were involved with that that do listen to this podcast. Oh, cool! uh, Hey, listen, I am very happy to get, and I'm very (laughs) patient, and I'm waiting for my Harrison Ford autograph. I ain't bothering nobody, sure. But um, I was talking to a friend of mine today, and um, he had posted. You know, they're they're just starting to come back, so he posted like a whole bunch of pictures of it. And as I'm looking at the pictures, they're all multi-signed pictures of posters and photographs. And I'm doing the math. I'm like, holy shit! text the guy I was like hey everything looks great like how are we doing financially he was upwards of six thousand dollars so he bought three things <laughs> <laughs> what three he or bought four right? one two three four five six he bought six things Jesus no Christ. is that right no because they were 1500 each 1500 each so it went to four things so he yeah. bought four things and it's just oh my god and it's like holy cow like are you okay did you like sell a organ And uh, no, I guess he got a bonus, and he threw it all into the bonus, but holy moly. But they look good. Just to have someone write their name on a piece of paper. Scribble on a piece of paper, whomever it is, but they look good in like a nerdy kind of way. But I did not get mine yet. As soon as I got mine, I'll shoot you a picture of it. I can't wait. (laughs) All right, the synopsis. Two Jedi
0: escape a hostile blockade to find allies and come across a young boy who may bring balance to the Force, but the long dormant Sith resurface to claim their old glory.
1: That's a wordy, 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 one sentence. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like these should be for people who don't know these movies and sure. that was horrendously done.
0: I mean so, it's right off no IMDb. Moss I, no Moss. No Moss no IMDB. Moss. Do I have Come to on. say do I have to say it was directed by George Lucas?
1: Yeah. Let's okay. like just, let's like go down the list. Who's George Lucas? Directed and produced and written by George Lucas. It I had George Lucas. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you meet George Lucas? I've yeah, met George Lucas. He's a prick. Is he a prick? Uh, yeah, he was kind of a prick. But I was just thrilled to meet him. Awesome. Cr- I met him at the Celebration, creator. and he. Um, so d- during like my little like working for Celebration stuff, I got to go in one day a couple of hours early, and a friend was like, "Hey, come in early. It's gonna be worth your while." So I get there early, and I'm like, "So what's up?" And they're like, "Hey, you see that big crowd over there? Yeah." Like go walk over there, and I go over there, and sure as shit, it's freaking George Lucas. It's Lu- and it's like if you ever saw Robot Chicken when like the nerdy guy gets into the elevator with George Lucas, yeah, and it's like oh my god, it's George Lucas. Like that was me, a hundred percent. Even so, though we um, just even though we just shit on George Lucas for fifteen absolutely. minutes, absolutely. Oh my god, it doesn't matter. Any celebrity I see, oh man. So <laughs> I see George, and he's walking around with his daughter and his daughter's redneck boyfriend. Okay, and I guess they were either they were engaged or they're going to get married or whatever it was. So there's like a weird vibe. But what's so super weird is there was about forty to fifty of us. Just surrounding him and like walking from booth to booth because it wasn't open to general public. It was just like the people that worked for Celebration. And he's not signing autographs, taking photos with anybody. He is not even like acknowledging our existence. (laughs) So I'm like, I got my phone out and I'm trying to take pictures of him. And I I can't get a clear picture. So, again, I'm seeing him. And then at one point, they like corral him to uh, the Gentle Giants booth. Mm -hmm. And they're like, hey, look at all this stuff. And the big, like old, vintage Kenner figures just came out. And they're like, hey, isn't this great? Don't you love this? And I heard him say, he's like, no, those are shit. I like the newer stuff, the ones that look like people. So (laughs) as he's doing that, I start, like, I called my wife. And I'm, like, dying to tell her, like, I'm 10 feet away from George Lucas. And I can't get her on the phone. Phone. Straight to voicemail. Uh, it's one of those times that like she just disappointed me that day. So I was about to call the next best person who's my mom. Oh, I so... thought not me. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you back then. Yeah. So um, as I'm like dialing up my mom, the crowd <laughs> splits. And I guess George decided to leave. So all of a sudden, I see George kind of coming in. And I'm like right on the line. And as he's walking by, it it is a magical moment that people listening are going to be like, what the fuck? So he's coming up my way and we make eye contact. I put my hand out to have him shake it. He comes out, looks at me, shakes my hand, gives me like the little kind of like handshake. Then I pull my hand away and he grabs it, gives me another like, you know, Trump kind of pull in, and then he sends me on my way. And I'm just sitting there looking at my hand like, (laughs) oh my God, I met George Lucas. And then I called my mom. Is that did,
0: did you actually meet George Lucas or did you see George Lucas?
1: I had physical contact
0: with George Lucas. That's I, as far as a guy. I say again, does that mean that you <laughs> met him or that
1: you, or that you saw him? I was in the same him? room. I okay. saw him. Okay. All right, fair enough. Listen, don't shit on my parade because I'm not, I met George I'm not, Lucas. I'm, asking, yeah. I'm just asking a question. No, no, no. It sounds like you're shitting on my parade. A little bit,
0: but I'm asking a question. I just want clarification.
1: Right. That was it.
0: Cool, man. Shout out to George Lucas. Make some better big movies. Big, big day. Big, big day. $115 million budget. $1.27 billion gross.
1: Oh, that's why they made a whole bunch of them. Uh, How many times did you see this movie in the theaters? I was just going to tell you. I saw this movie seven times in the theater, and I wish I was exaggerating. Oh, my God. Every theater you could imagine. I saw it twice, um, but I did go see the trailer. I
0: paid to go in to see the trailer twice. (laughs) Uh, so there was there was that. Um, 54% critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, bubber. 59% audience Rotten Tomatoes. V- very, very accurately rated, in my humble opinion. I, th- I mean, I'm going to get to it at the very end when we do overrated, properly rated, <laughs> um, underrated, properly rated, or overly rated, or overly overrated. I don't know why I always say overly rated.
1: It's not overly rated or underly rated. It sure. was perfectly rated, I think, at that number. Okay. Yeah, that, and again, we'll get into it, but it's like, yeah, there's the preview. There's the teaser.
0: There's the, That's that's what they call a tease in the biz. All right. right. This is going to be the least amount of most watchable scenes I've ever listed in, in any of these we've done. <laughs> yep. So I have three. Oh, feel I got free, you. Feel free after I'm done to...
1: You know what? Let's do this. You Rob. better not steal my scenes. What scene? What three scenes do you think I have listed here? Oh, what a great game! Yeah, okay, I'm with you. Yeah. Number one. They don't have to be You're... sequential, by the way. Okay. Just, yeah. I'm gonna say you one of your three is gonna be the 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 duel at the end. I imagine. Sure. Accurate. Accurate. I think a second scene would be. This is where I screw up. There's no scene. You, you, would nothing, not, you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't say the pod, not the podcasting scene. The uh, the stupid pod racing scene. Because the pod racing scene is awful.
0: I have the pod racing scene on here.
1: Oh, you do. Yep. And then Which, the only other one I could think of is the one he meets the other Gungans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I have the opening scene um, because of the you know Star Wars. You have the title um, crawl. It goes into the. You get to see the Jedi for the first time, because in, in 4, 5, and 6, you really don't see Jedi, right? You see Obi-Wan right. as he's not a Jedi anymore. Yoda's not a Jedi anymore. Luke has not yet become a Jedi. The first time you actually see Jedis, you see an apprentice, right? You see a Jedi and his apprentice. You see how they interact. They have the cool scene with like the Destroyer droids, and you're like, what the fuck are these? You have the overtly racist Trade Federation um, characters. <laughs> yep. Uh, but overall it's still if I'm having to pick scenes out of this movie, that's still kind of an enjoyable scene. You have the pod race scene, which in ninety-nine looked beautiful. Yeah. And I would still say if they cut out all the this is where the editing comes in. If they cut out all the like slapstick shit that's going on in the pod scene, oh, pod racing, yeah.
1: still a good scene. If it's a half hour long.
0: It is a uh, long ass scene. You gotta cut all that bullshit out, man. I don't yeah. need to see fucking what's his name? Gennaro or what's <laughs> Qu- uh, Quad Gennaro Quad Gennaro not Holly Gennaro from fucking Die Hard Quad Gennaro <laughs> I don't need to see him like getting all fucked up with his uh with his little droid and st- I just don't need to see all that shit I don't and need and Ordy see- Mandrell Ordy, yep I don't need to see Ordy Mandrell I don't need to see the shitty 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 CGI version of Jabba I don't need to see no. that yeah. I don't need to see him pushing off just out of nowhere just pushing off little animals off of his top you know box I just don't need to see these things George it's brilliant editing. It's terrible. <laughs> I don't need to see the Tuscan Raiders. Like, I know you're trying to throw it in as, like, an homage to right. the first one. I don't need it. And then you have Aura Singh. Don't forget Aura Singh. I don't is need Aura Singh, who reading. nobody knows who the fuck that is yet. Because <laughs> the, <laughs> the animated show has not come out yet. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, so, like,
0: you're like, wait, she's in the animated show. Oh, yeah, she was in that one scene for three She's in seconds. one episode. Correct. She's
1: got three action figures, but she was in that one little bit. Yeah,
0: you got to make that money. Um and then uh Darth Maul versus Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, right? Right. Gotcha. I mean, there's no to me this movie, there's not a more iconic scene than that door opens, Duel of Fates is blasting in the background. Yeah. He takes
1: off his hood, fucking Padmé's like we're going to go another way. Yep. And and, and- even that's edited horrendously. Like that I agree with you. That's that's one of my top 3 scenes and if not the best scene of the movie, but even that is edited horrendously because not only do you have that first interaction with them then for some reason you have to deal with the kid in the spaceship and um the battle droids that kind of roll up on it and all of a sudden like pin pad made it to the one spot so you can't even enjoy that moment sure. as much as you want to because there's so much shit going on that last you know 20 yeah. minutes you have three that it screws st- you everything up you have four separate battle scenes yeah it's oh that's too bad and i looked because i was
0: interested in it i stopped it or i paused it when it started and then I wanted to see when it ended. It's twenty one minutes long. From start the the battle the fight scene? Yep. Oh no kidding. That whole when as soon as as soon as they they infiltrate, you know, the the town square or whatever it is to sure. when
1: they end it, it's like a little over twenty one minutes. It's even if you watch the um I got a little Darth Maul here too, by the way. I brought out like a little prop for you. <laughs> So even when you watch that fight scene and in my opinion, from what I remember when I was a kid, that fight scene was like full stop. The greatest thing I've ever seen before in my life. You were 22. You weren't a kid. I was a kid (laughs) 20 years ago. And it's, it is, it is three guys dancing with each other. It's not good. And that's, it's not good, and it's, it's good. too bad because I remember it's so good, but now that I had to watch it again being critical of it, it's a dance. It's not good. I, I, I say the same thing. Everybody
0: everybody says how great the fight scene in um, Revenge of the Sith is at the end. It's not good. Oh,
1: it's, it's ter- it. There's that way is- too much shit going on. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Too much stuff going on. There's there's nothing at stake. There's no passion behind it. It's dumb. You get more out of Empire than you do that movie. Yeah, I would argue. And it's forty five minutes.
0: Yeah, the two. I mean, the three probably best fight scenes in all of. And this is going to shock you. The three best fight scenes in all Star Wars is Empire. So it's Luke Vader. It's yep. uh, Return of the Jedi. You know, Luke Vader Emperor, sure. and then Episode Eight. Man, it's it's fucking Episode qu- Eight. Yeah, it's uh, it's that shot with Adam Drive the Adam Driver. Daisy Ridley fight. I know it's there's a shot that's edited badly where it looks like she should be dead, but when right. they're when after she kills what's his name fucking Snoke, or after yep. after he kills Snoke, that fight scene is really beautifully shot. The scene is is awesome, don't you think? No nope kidding. I mean, I think, but I I can't <laughs> believe that you're even bringing it up. But I, like, okay, I think I've said this, man. Episode eight is a visually beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. It's one of the I think the best looking Star Wars movies. The the, the sure. planet they're on at the end that has, like, the salt on the ground, but then the, the earth is, like, red is super yeah. creative, super
1: cool looking. It's just a shitty movie. <laughs> again, I think this – again, we'll get into episode – I can't wait to do the episode nine. I feel <laughs> like we should go, like, to the midnight show, you sure. know, that Thursday night, and immediately – do the podcast. We could. So we're going to have to, like, coordinate, you know, time zones. So the the problem... Okay, so uh, Tyler,
0: myself, and Damien are going to record our review of the movie Us today, mm-hmm. right? I'm excited for yep, that. That was the movie I'm most excited about out of all movies this year. And I'm having a really hard time gathering my thoughts and not being overly critical. Because I've... I went into it with so much hype, and I don't... I think I need to see it again before I can really form a, a true opinion on it. You know what I'm saying? Where right. I think that that might be the case with episode nine because I'm so angry about episode eight. I'm all for it, but I'm just saying I don't know that I would be able to give a true uh,
1: review of it with you know an unbiased review right off the bat. But there's something to be said for that. Like it's you know if we what what's movie making? What's movie critiqued? Are are we critiquing the experience? So the experience is in its truest form right after you see it in my hey it's harry it's harry in your in that that those couple of minutes that you walk out of the theater and you're like just want to bs with your buddy about like what the movie was all about sure or is it the the one that you've seen it a couple of times you're looking at it with a little bit more of a critical eye you have other kind of people kind of bouncing into your head you know what's the better critique and i gotta be honest it's it's the it's it's that beer after the movie the beer after the movie i live for it so yeah, you the, go with your buddy, you see it and then, you know, and you're shocked half the time to like hear what your buddy has to say about it.
0: No, I'm I'm with you. So by all means, this is not supposed to be a, a movie review. I mean, we're not professional critics. This is a the idea of the podcast is a group of friends getting together and talking about how they feel about a movie. We're not we're not I mean, we're all film kind of connoisseurs. We all like what we like. We see enough movies to be able to form an opinion, but none of us, I mean, this isn't our living. We didn't go to school for this. Hey, man, I was a film teacher. I mean, and you have shitty taste. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: deserve no, I, that. I, I deserve understand.
0: It. I, I get that. But you know what I'm saying. I know this exactly is, what you're saying. Yeah, this yeah, sure. is more about, exp- like you said, it's more about the experience, experiencing it with yeah. your friends and your buddies and t- shooting the shit about it than trying to be overly critical. And we all like shitty movies and we can all yeah. say we enjoy shitty movies. And that's that's part of it, right? That's that's the part of, that's that's what's beautiful about it. It's art. It's subjective. Right. We like what we like. I can say there's plenty of movies that I enjoy that are shitty, but I enjoy them. But I I'm I can also tell you that they're not good movies. Name one. Ready go. Name one off the top of my head. Um Roadhouse. <laughs> right? Everybody everybody like our age likes Roadhouse, I would imagine. Right. It's not good. Do you good. not like Roadhouse? I love Roadhouse. It's not good. Oh okay. it's terrible.
1: Yeah. But it's but it's like eighties fluff, right? Right, it's it's a movie you connect with emotionally for some reason, and then it's just yeah that movie's amazing. Yeah, there's I, I was gonna say Point Break, but I actually think Point Break is a is a is
0: a well done movie. So I don't want to say that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it has a, a super strong director. She's been nominated for two Academy Awards. It has decent who directed per- that movie? Catherine Bigelow. What else she do? Zero
1: Dark Thirty. Hurt Locker. Oh, Jane- oh no, really? She's James Cameron's ex-wife. Sadly, that and Herlock are the only two things that I know about her. She made Point Break, no kidding. Point Break is good, dude. The first Point Break is good. for. Take it for
0: what it is. It is a very, very well done action movie. Okay. I think it's as well done as Die Hard. I would strongly disagree. I think... That's yeah, yeah, It, it to... doesn't have the iconic... Well, it does have the same iconic villain. I mean... Patrick Swayze as Bodhi is iconic. I, he's obviously not at the same level as Alan Rickman in talent. But it's, I don't know, man. I'll put point break up against Die Hard. And I, I ride hard for both of those. But I think that they that You would put point break above Die Hard? No. Like neck oh, okay. and neck. They're right in the same. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I can live with that. All right. Standout performance. I only got two. All right. I'm hit cool. me with him. Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon and Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan.
1: I I agree a hundred percent. I but uh, Liam Neeson it did not do what he needed to do for this movie. No, I would I, put I, I would put Ewan McGregor above everybody else. But I'm
0: just putting Liam Neeson in there because it's Liam Neeson.
1: Yeah, if you're looking for standout performances, because I I did give this like a good hard look. Ewan McGregor, I think again, as I said before, he is trying to bring his A game this entire movie. Like he's, he's trying, trying. Yep. And they write him. Just as, Not a whiny bitch, you don't want to kind of go that far, no. but as a Debbie Downer. <laughs> so once we get to other categories here, oh, well, he's going to certainly come into it. He's, he's the only one that the, is trying to show a little bit of personality. Yeah.
0: He's trying to bring himself into the character a little bit.
1: But I feel that it's Liam Neeson's job as a veteran actor to kind of help elevate everybody else. Sure. And I don't think he does that. Liam Neeson's coming off as wooden. He's just not giving you know, his all, or he's not, like, taking control of the scene. He's just Liam and, Neeson.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's no nuance to the character. And, again, I don't think he gave the best performance. I just didn't want to have one person in this. Nobody gives a great <laughs> per- Nobody gives a great performance, Ewan McGregor included. Liam McG- Ewan McGregor is better in the later movies. Um, yeah. But he's fine in this, but I don't think anybody's great.
1: Great. I'm not looking at this movie looking for great sure. performance. And And, again, let me just blow your mind on this one. Who's really kind of giving the performance that is being requested is Ahmed Best. He is, but he's terrible. But no, he's not terrible. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. The character is terrible. Well, I don't know. And I think even as the years go on, I think there's a lot of more sympathy for Jar Jar Binks than when originally that movie came out. Yeah. Because I think people understand what the purpose of him being there was. I get you. I get you.
0: Um, I would say that the best performance maybe is the original puppet they try to use for Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> that's so bad. That it looks the... so bad. Yeah, but what's worse? When he's walking at the end when they do that CGI? Because that's bad too.
1: <laughs> you know, and that's the th- like all the modern versions. So if you stream episode one right now. Yeah, you don't know it what he is... looks like. No. And I... it's it's yeah. too bad because you don't have the puppet.
0: Yeah, I just watched it. I just watched it uh, again this morning and last week. And I forgot that in the new editions of them, they they took him completely out. Yeah, oh yeah! Because I was so excited to see that terrible puppet.
1: I remember (laughs) that was the last VHS I bought. Me too. uh, Episode one.
0: Yep, me too. And And it was a big deal.
1: Oh yeah, it was. I it was a special edition. I got like a book with it. I got a little like. So uh, did I. Yeah, it was like the the Suncoast Suncoast edition of that. Well, I don't know if you know this. (laughs) Oh, here we fucking go. But I was an assistant manager, always assistant, never, <laughs> never, never the lead, always never br- the big dog, always a at man. Blockbuster Video. No big deal. I need you to have a more positive reaction about that. I'm listening. Than you're having no, 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 no. You need to be like Rob. You were an assistant manager at Blockbuster Video. Yeah, can you believe it? I won't, totally was. <laughs> I didn't. I don't believe it. I don't <sighs> believe it. So anyway, so that is, I think, the only copy and who the heck has a vhs player anymore that still has the puppet yoda but there's a special place in my heart for puppet yoda because he popped up in the trailer and we were like look at yoda he looks amazing and we didn't know any better he because doesn't we we're dumb he doesn't he looks awful all right so i'm gonna say you and mcgregor stand-up performance all right all
0: right worst performance of the movie <laughs> that's a tough call who are you gonna give it to okay so let me let me break it down for you real quick i got four people Wow. Well, I got four. I got four entries. Maybe not people per se. Everyone not named Liam or Ewan. <laughs> Natalie Portman is Queen Amidala. Yes. Jake Lloyd is Anakin, which I don't want to put him in here because he's a child. Right. But my special write in is Hayden Christensen as Anakin, even though he's not in this film. He's not even in the movie. How exactly. can you call him? Just because he's so bad in all the prequels. He's so
1: bad in two and three. He pours <laughs> into one. He's so
0: bad. And I'm going with I'm going with Hayden.
1: Special writing, the the worst performance of the movie. I'm going to say the worst performance of the movie is Natalie Portman. I agree. Yeah, she's the one that she has the potential to kind of do things that she's not necessarily doing. So I think she is certainly on the list, right? But I'm bringing it to my boy Liam Neeson. Wow, you're going to go Liam Neeson? Worst performance? Yep, worst performance. I don't. There's besides him looking the role. Right. There are very few moments that he is, you know, delivering what we need him to deliver. As I said before, it's his job to carry the movie, and he's not carrying the movie because he's the closest thing that we have to a lead character, and it ain't happening. It's so, not happening. Okay. So, and again, I know that's a bummer because people have like a special heart in their place for. Heart in their place. place? In their heart. Shut up. <laughs> Certain place in their heart for Liam Neeson, but it's, you know, it ain't working. Sorry, bro. Okay. I'm, I'm, and I'm, then Ian McDermott is shit in this movie. Oh, God. And Chancellor, Chancellor Valorum, he's he awful, is, too. And, and, and like, you, some people argue, like, well, he's putting on a performance because he's, like, putting on a performance in his role. And it's like, no, it's just shit. No, they're all terrible, dude. I'm I'm going, but, but, I'm going Portman.
0: And the reason it, I'm going Port, Portman, okay, is it didn't dawn on me, I don't know how it's never dawned on me, how terrible and inappropriate and cringeworthy the scenes are with her and Jake Lloyd. Dude. <laughs> The secret sexual tension between them, dude. <laughs> Are you an angel? <laughs> okay, he delivers that line, and then she says, Oh, you're a slave, and he says, I'm a person, and my name is Anakin, name is Anakin. dude.
1: <laughs> That's dude. bad directing. And bad then directing.
0: I, care I care for you,
1: I care for you too. too,
0: but I miss my mommy. Oh, dude,
1: hey, you know, it's
0: what is she supposed to be, 16, 17? Yeah. How old is he? Ten? Ten? No. Listen, he's trying. Good for him. For he's trying. shooting his shot. That's good, but he shouldn't even. No. Nope. <laughs> it's it's dude. It's cringeworthy. It's so bad.
1: The I care <sighs> for you scene. It made me un. Unco- it literally makes me uncomfortable. It goes back to the writing. It should have never been in there. They wanted to jam that stupid trinket in there so they could sell him at Walmart. Like that is the purpose it's, of that scene. What's it? Porsche Schnicking? <laughs> Isn't that it what he calls like? Isn't that I what he calls know. it? Porsche Yeah, a poor dude. Google it. I tried to listen to it yesterday. and I couldn't understand How what the hell not he was know saying. That? I don't know that. You're I honestly God, have no idea. you know these things. In this particular case, no idea, no idea. The Jamie um, Foxx Award for overacting. Oh, wait. Something. I want to. I still want to go to bad to bad Whoa. performance. Sorry, I'm not done yet. Um, what'd you say? <laughs> Just what do you want to talk about? What do you worst performance again? Still, go I want it. to add in my last vote for worst performance. <laughs> go for it. Ralph Brown? Nope. Ralph Brown played Rick O'Le. <laughs> Do you not, know who Rick O'Le yeah, is? He's the pilot. He's not in it enough. He's the pilot, and he delivers lines like my grandma. <laughs> His eyes are all big. <laughs> that little droid did it. You're pretty good, kid. It's like every line he gives is awful. Did you have the Rick O'Le toy? absolutely
0: he was the one that like you could not get rid of opening night somehow he had one on on opening night like the first however many were released in wave one and i was like who the fuck is this guy but you bought him anyway didn't you well i'm a, I'm a i was a completist so i had to have everything <laughs> did you buy the ship too no i didn't buy i wasn't that was a little out of my price range man that thing was oh, like 100 you. bucks
1: i was no, just it a, wasn't i thought the the yellow
0: ship or like the big, big no ship? i was talking about the 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 silver one. Oh, got you I was a, uh, I was just a, uh, the four-inch, the, the three-and-three-quarter collector.
1: Got you. Yeah. All right. I just want to throw that one in there. Fucking Rick Olay. Shout-out to Ralph Brown. Shout-out to Ralph Brown. He alive still? Ralph Brown's still alive. He he did a celebration. He was in Alien 3. He pops up every once in a blue moon. How many autographs do you have of Ralph Brown?
0: And I don't even t- think I have an autograph. Fucking, d- you're bullshit right now. Nope. No. Nope, yep. In
1: this case... Shit, do
0: I? One hundred percent. You have a Ralph Brown. Somewhere. I might have one. I you might for have sure one. have. It one. might be buried somewhere. You have just like what's the, what's her name? That Amy. What's the one who played the the blue? Amy Allen. I got yeah. like three of her. Yeah, of That's of course you awful. Do. And
1: I of feel you terrible do. for having it. I have the weirdest photo op with her as well, which made me feel so dirty. She was at. She was sitting at her table by herself. Amazingly enough, shocker. And I got a picture signed by her. And I was like, Hey, can I get a picture too? She had a sweater on because it's, like, 10 degrees in the convention center because Mm -hmm. all the nerds smell. Mm -hmm. So she gets up and, like, takes her sweater off to, like, reveal a fairly revealing outfit. And I was like, oh, I feel dirty already. (laughs) And then, like, the picture op. And, like, I'm not, like, the creepiest nerdy looking guy. But, like, I'm a guy at a Star Wars convention. Yeah. And it's the only picture I have that the person next to me looks like she wants to be anywhere else than at that moment. So that's an important picture for me. So I have a, a train of thought. I have a, a just a thought process on
0: this whole thing, right? You may not think you are the creepiest person, but you are still around a bunch of other creepy people. And it's guilt by association, buddy. I have we, a lot of creepy friends. We all look the same to that person. <laughs> have see. no misconceptions
1: of that. We all are the same. Beard, glasses, kind of sweaty. Asking for autographs. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> we're all the same, <laughs> I guess we're buddy. all in
0: that same boat. We're all the same. We're all the same schlub at that point. Uh, Here's my $40. Move
1: on. <laughs> Forty. I gave that woman $40 to scribble her name. I'm sure you did. For what was 10 seconds worth of like total screen time on the prequel trilogy. What is I her character name? Uh, Aaliyah Sakura? Is that what it is? I think so. Something to that.
0: <laughs> I think so.
1: oh man she worked for Lucasfilm and she was kind of hot that's how she's in the movie well okay
0: anyways next next category uh the Jamie Foxx award for overacting I got Got your guy I got your guy a mod best for Jar Jar Binks oh dude again I think that guy is just doing what he was told Uh, to do overacting doesn't mean that he's doing a bad job he's just giving it he might be dialing it up to a notch that it doesn't need to be dialed up to got you And there's nobody else. Maybe the guy who plays Boss.
1: What's his name? Brian (laughs) Blessed. I was totally going to put them on the list, too. It's Brian Bless, the guy from Flash Gordon. He's amazing. And I almost gave him, like, the best actor award for this movie. He's the only one that, like, brings it. No. And, like, doesn't care what anybody's saying. No. I'm going to (laughs) give overacting to Jake Lloyd. Yeah, I guess guess you could do that. You can, because he's... He's, he's throwing stuff out there. He doesn't quite know what he's saying or how he's supposed to deliver it, but he's just like <laughs> vomiting it all over the place, followed very closely by uh, Pernilla August. Oh, the mom. The mom, Shmi Skywalker. She's terrible. Who's also doing like a terrible job in the movie, yeah, it's too bad. I
0: don't, I don't know what she's doing.
1: It's terrible. But, and I skipped this before. I don't know why. It just kind of left my brain. But one of my favorite scenes in the movie, because I'm not a cold-hearted bastard, Mm. is the scene that um, Anakin runs back to his mother right before he leaves. So bad. Oh, Sarah, you cold, black-hearted bastard. Am I ever
0: going to see you again? What does your heart say? Yes, I
1: think. If you have any hope for emotion, that's the scene. No, it's not. That's the only heart scene in the movie. No. That you're like, oh, stop it, stop it, stop it. It's terrible, so, Rob. The music and like, if you're putting yourself in there, and like, here's this kid, and he's just like, all he knows is his mom, and here's this mom who the only thing she has to live for is this kid, and she wants the best thing for him, and she's just like, you know, you deserve better than this. You go, don't look back. It's a, it's a beautiful scene. No, oh,
0: <laughs> I hate sand. They're animals. I slaughtered, I slaughtered them like animals.
1: Ugh. Again, that's you can't bring Hayden Christian Stop bringing Hayden Christensen into Listen Episode 1. It's part of that relationship. He goes back.
0: No. <laughs> I hate them. I hate and them. And I slaughtered them. I slaughtered them. They're
1: animals and I slaughtered <laughs> them like animals. Unbelievable. But again, <sighs> that's the only scene with heart in the movie. That's the only scene mixture of like shitty dialogue and like a very B performance from both actors. The music brings it and again, it's all about connecting with the characters. It's the only time that you're like, "Oh my god, this is like a big deal." Poor no, little it's not. Kid. I would say the only part that I think I watch
0: there's two scenes specifically that I'm like, "Hey, those are those are pretty cool." Those are like they they film them well. The cinematography's interesting. Is when um the the when Obi I can't remember if it's when Darth Maul has already killed Qui Gon and the. I think it's when Qui-Gon's actually, like, sit, like meditating almost. And he's okay. calm. He's looking through, like, the door that keeps closing, right? Oh, yeah. And Darth Maul's, like, pacing back and forth.
1: Oh, yeah. I and think that, that's a scene. And I always scene. think
0: of that as, like, an animal, like, staring at his prey, and they're just walking back and forth waiting. So I always thought that right. was really cool. I, I also... I, I go go ahead. ahead. I think this, the last scene where little Jake Lloyd asks, you know, you and you know, what's going to happen to me now? And he looks at him, you know, it's shot really cool with, like, the fire reflecting on them. And he says, well, they've granted me, you know, permission to train you. I think that's a cool scene. And that has a little bit of heart to it. Yeah. Because he's reflecting on, you know, the, the person that's, like, his father figure in Qui-Gon. And he's like, well, Qui-Gon wanted me to do this, so I'm going to do it, even though I don't want to do it.
1: But do you give it to, as my wife always affectionately called, the Tony and Maria scene between um, Liam Neeson and and McGregor when Qui-Gon is dying? No, nah, it's terrible too, dude. But do you know what I mean by like Tony and Maria. Yeah. What do I mean by Tony and Maria?
0: <laughs> no, I don't actually. I guess.
1: Oh, it's so West Side Story. So in like oh, yeah, West yeah, Side yeah, Story, yeah. as they're like dying, they're holding on to each other. That's why Heidi calls a Tony and Maria scene. So there, there's a meant to be a little bit of heart there too, of this like, hey, my 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 mentor, my father figure here is dying, and I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do to make this guy happy. And again, there's a lot of poetry in that as far as training this kid who he doesn't want to train. Right. But the scene just does not work. No, it's terrible. It's too bad. It's too terrible. bad. It's terrible. Because on paper, it just sounds great. But when you see it, it's just like, hey, working here, George. Nah, George. Georgie. Georgie. And I blame Rick McCullum too. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, Rick's got a fingerprint on this thing, too. Come on, Rick. You got to dial him in a little bit. <laughs> Gary figured it out.
0: Gary did figure it out. Let me ask you another question that's not on the list of questions I sent you. I want you to listen to this and I want you to really think about an answer. This is a very important question.
1: I couldn't be more focused.
0: More worthless sack of shit. The Royal Guards or the Battle Droids?
1: More specifically, Panaka. (laughs) Panaka's got... How is he still on the payroll? (laughs) Dude. They they get taken over by 106 different... Like 106 Battle Droids... And the like whole, the battle the whole droids, planet, the whole planet gets taken over. They designed those battle droids so so like Jedi and like other things can kill them, and we won't feel bad about it. Like that's why the battle droids are totally there. Followed by like bugs in episode two. Like who cares if we kill a bug? Right. But they're they are useless. Um, they're less useless than the royal guards. I don't know. And. The Royal Guards are slightly less useless than Captain Panaka.
0: I would say the Royal Guards are the most worthless because ideally you're paying these people. Oh, yeah. To look fantastic. Yeah, the battle droids you are not paying, right? No. The the
1: Federation isn't paying these things. There's Do you know the- where Captain Panaka pops up in a very odd movie? No. Highlander. Nope. Didn't know that. Do you- did you see Highland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first oh, one. Oh, he plays Yeah, he plays one of like his guys that he kind of like, knows and he comes into New York City and like there's like a whole reunion between him. That's you, Kushari. I think that's how you say his name. He's actually know. gonna be at celebration this year. Okay. We're not gonna be at celebration I'm this year.
0: Definitely not going to celebration. But I, it's I have super.
1: listen, listen. Let's finish this this train
0: or this question. All right, right? I want to finish the this train. thought. I want to finish this
1: thought. I'm on the train. Come laughed. on, buddy. Spit you it said, out.
0: You said I'm on the train. I just completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> the, there's a scene with the battle droids where Qui-Gon is escorting them to the ship before they leave Naboo. <laughs> and they stop him and he says, I'm a, you know, I'm whatever to Chancellor Valorum. Ambassador. Ambassador Chancellor Valorum. I'm taking these people to Coruscant. And also, y- y- uh, Liam Neeson says Coruscant really weird. And right. And they're like, <laughs> the battle droid is like, mm, uh, mm. No, mm, well, mm, huh. like it's a it's a fucking it's a robot. It doesn't have. Am I supposed to believe he's trying to like figure out things in his head? Like it's just terrible. Yeah, he's computing. What's makes it so weird? So then he's computing and he's he's vocalizing. Mm, uh, mm.
1: you're under arrest. That that whole scene is shit. And it's it, it, Roger it's Roger. Like, yeah, Roger. You can't back that one up from like the word go on that scene. They like here is the most important like. If you're looking at the strategy of Emperor Palpatine and even, like, the battle droids and the Trade Federation and everything, the queen's the most important thing. And the scene before, you know, after she's like, I'm not going to sign it, blah, 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 blah. They're like, oh, just process them and put them in, like, a, yeah, a, yeah. a concentration camp yeah. with, like, four Easy. battle droids. Yeah. Well, that's where they were going. I hear you. Um. Oh. Now you made me feel guilty. Well, I don't know that. Now I'm riddled with guilt. Jesus, that's what it was. It got dark. This got dark real fast. (laughs) Sorry, Jesus. Into a prisoner camp. There you go. That make you feel better? Yes. Okay. So they were processing them into a prisoner camp with four battle droids. The most important person on the planet, and they have a bazillion battle droids. They just walk them out the back door.
0: Yeah. What. I have a question. So, what you're saying, I have a question with all of that.
1: Why does, do they ever tell you why Darth Sidious wants Naboo so bad? Uh, no, they no. don't. I, it, it's implied. I could give you the implication. What's the implication? The implication is that they're trying to make Naboo look like it's desperate for help, which apparently it is. A society that is so advanced, they have this gigantic power plant in the middle of their like palace, but mm-hmm. whatever. And um, in order for him to be elected into Supreme Chancellor, he needs the sympathy vote. So Mm. that's why, you know, that's why he's like manipulating the strings on Naboo. There's a lot. I mean, he's playing the long game, the long con, con, because like. Yeah. And again, it's like, I would be great if like, if you started episode one, like Palpatine's already Supreme Chancellor. I don't care how he got there. Natalie Portman still kind of likes this guy. She kind of knows, and, like, I'm okay with that. And, like, Anakin Skywalker is just, like, this kid who, like, drives a car real fast on, like, a far-off planet. That's, like, it's that's like, Solo. That's, like, the story of Solo. Oh, shit. It totally is dude, the story yeah, of Solo. We <laughs> don't need any of that. They just had a signing with that dude, by the way. Uh-huh. I $350 mm-hmm. bucks per <laughs> signature on that one. Mm-hmm. What's funny Is that guy's got a terrible signature to begin with, but like his sit down signature is almost as bad. But when he signs Han Solo, his N looks all screwed up. So it looks like Ham Solo. I will tell you that before he was in Star Wars, he had a signature
0: that was every single letter cursive that was beautiful. Oh, that's because you met him when he he wasn't anything. When he was only in Hail Caesar, which I enjoyed him in. You got a photo up with that guy, right? I do. Yeah. Before he was like, just randomly saw him. And I was like, hey, that's the guy. That's the singing cowboy from Hail Caesar. Before he was. Before he was cast Solo. as Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah. How was he? Was he nice? Super. Couldn't have been nicer.
1: Excellent. It's nice to hear. What's. Uh, not what, so much anymore. Not so much anymore.
0: What's better, Crystal Skull or Phantom Menace?
1: You, you hit me with this one like a couple of weeks ago, didn't I you? I did, yeah. And you said, we'll talk about it when we do the Phantom Menace pod. <laughs> I think written. On paper, (laughs) Crystal Skull is a better screenplay. Correct. Um, I think in my very biased opinion, when I kind of reflect on both movies, Mm -hmm. Phantom Menace is more important to me than Crystal Skull. I can dismiss Crystal Skull as a mistake very easily, whereas I have to live with Phantom Menace in my life. So I'm like... I always err towards, like, Phantom Menace is a better movie experience than Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull is a clusterfuck of, um, you know, epic proportion. It did launch a website. I mean, it launched Nuke the Fridge. It, oh, God. Here's a movie that had everything going for it. And the <laughs> one who should feel like the worst. There's, like, there's three <laughs> people to blame. Uh, there's only one person to blame. There's two people no, it's, to blame. There's two. It's, it's Spielberg. You got to blame Spielberg. Yep. And you got to blame Harrison Ford. No, nah, he wasn't awful in that movie. Yes, yes. Indiana, he is Indiana Jones, and Indiana Jones is him. He is just as responsible for all of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, but he's not and, terrible. He's giving it yeah. his all in that movie. And, um, no, we stop it. He's not giving it his he's all in that movie. He's no, trying. he's not. He's
0: giving as much effort in that movie as he does in episode seven.
1: <laughs> Fact. Yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> uh, David Coep, who was the screenwriter, who was a competent screenwriter, mm-hmm. I also couldn't save that movie. The one who I don't blame on that movie, George Lucas. I don't know. Because I, I you, you had a little all, blame. <laughs> he was you, there. Now he's got all of these guys that should have been like, George, this is a terrible idea. We should not do this. Like George, we and should have, have monkeys swinging in a, in, in trees that are going to catch up to a Jeep. That's so bad. Like no one was on staff that said, Hey Steve, maybe skip this scene. Who's going to tell nobody Spielberg said that? and George Lucas. No. And that's what's so sad. Who's like doing you would that? imagine, Spielberg has somebody on staff that's like, you know what? This is a terrible, or at least their wives. At least Steven Spielberg has what's her face, um, what Cap is Shaw. her name? Capshaw. Yeah, Capshaw. To say like, hey, maybe this is not your best use of time, or maybe this is a terrible <laughs> movie. And then even Harrison Ford should be able to look at it and be like, listen, this is an awful idea of swinging monkeys. And what's even a worse idea is Shia LaBeouf. And what's even a worse, worse idea is Karen Allen. Like, can we repair Shia, okay. these things? Shia LaBeouf is a competent actor and has done things that are good. That's a ridiculous statement. It's How not. T- it's not. He's been. In, he's been in stuff. Name one redeemable. He was in Disturbia. Shia LaBeouf movie. Disturbia is good. <sighs> Disturbia is good. Disturbia is good. Like Scream is
0: good. Scream. Scream is excellent. I don't. That's. that's I don't. I'm. I'm confused by your comment. Uh <sighs> there's nothing bad about Scream. Scream there's has nothing good, good th- about Scream. Scream has great performances, it's written well and it restarted a whole genre. Fair. It's not it's not poorly acted at all. It is. It's not the yes, first one. The first one's sure not. It is. No, it's not. You're the Give You're, me once, you're I mean, I the listen. only person I've ever heard say that. Literally the first the first one. Yeah. But you're also the guy it's, who thinks it's, Leonardo DiCaprio is a shitty actor, so.
1: Oh, he's an awful character. You want to get back into that thing? It's, that's the only thing that would have saved Scream to be like a terrible movie to a super terrible movie would have been Leo. Um, <laughs> that's fine. What the hell was my thought going on this? I do oh, know. So, who fucking all right, So anyway, Shia LaBeouf's a <laughs> shitty actor, but my favorite thing Shia, Bo- uh, Shia LaBeouf ever did was the Shia LaBeouf song, Actual Cannibal. Did you ever see it? No, man. Oh, he would, right. Have you not ever seen Holes? I saw Holes. Holes was shit too. John Voight was horrible in that movie. Sigourney Weaver was horrible what? in the movie. It's a terrible movie. You're, you're um, but he, wait, wait, wait. We're getting away from where my point was. No, no. I'm
0: pulling rank real quick. <laughs> you're literally the guy who just said that the scene between Anakin and his mom was heartwarming and should yes. pull at your heartstrings, but then Correct. you have the nerve to say Scream is a bad movie. Scream Rob, is a bad Rob movie. Rob Leonard, you can get fucked because you are so. <laughs> you can't say those two things. <laughs> You cannot say that those two things in the same podcast, man.
1: Listen, you we can't. all have our opinions,
0: and you're wrong on this
1: one. I, you can't be wrong. Everyone has their opinions. I it, t- it like, be listen, wrong. It hold, be wrong. listen. Okay, thank you. So, <laughs> to, to 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 ring it back in, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is a terrible actor. Um, Shia LaBeouf also a terrible actor. Um, Crystal Skull, bad movie, not George Lucas's fault. Terrible is a strong
0: word. I'm just going to say that. Terrible is a really strong word. Which one did I say terrible on? You said both Leo and and Shy are terrible. Oh, that's strong. That's are. a okay. strong word. All right. Terrible yeah. actors don't win Academy Awards.
1: Did Shia LaBeouf win an Academy Award? No, we're not talking
0: about Shy. We're talking about right. we're talking. You use the same word on both of them.
1: I did, and I and I hold true to Best Well Diaries. That's the only movie that guy is going to like. And yet he's been nominated it. for a bunch of awards. <sighs> Is he in that new um, Quentin Tarantino movie? Mm-hmm. Is he in... The, he is? Yeah, he's one of the we'll stars. see how that goes. I
0: mean, it'll go well. It's a Quentin Tarantino movie with Brad with Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Margot Robbie. It'll make a bunch of money and be critically acclaimed. I like Brad Pitt. Okay. Don't like Leo.
1: Um, <laughs> shit, where did this start with? All right, so Phantom Menace versus Crystal Skull? Yes. You Phantom gave, Menace.
0: You, you said... You gave me your answer. You said that oh, one's, okay. one's a better movie, but the other one is more culturally important to you. Oh, I'm saying <laughs> it... That sounded almost coherent. I said all that? Well, I'm ad libbing a little bit. It was Thanks, buddy. There's a lot going on. <laughs> all right. So you confused me there for a minute. Who did the most with the least? I only have one person and it's Ray Park. <laughs> Ray Park is Darth Maul. I mean, he's the only one
1: who is like you can't say he gave a bad performance. Nope. There you go. I agree. You know what? That's that's you I think you probably nailed it. He was the most iconic character that came out of that. Yeah. Or or the guy who who did his voice. <laughs> Peter
0: Serafinowicz? Yes. Because that one line is a great line. Which line? It, the only
1: line he delivers the whole movie. He gives a couple of lines. He does. Which uh, line are we talking about? We'll get to it in a little bit then. Okay. I think the one that did the most with the least, my boy Brian Blessed, okay. for the voice of Boss Ness. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, man. He's Be scared. gone with you, <laughs> Binks. You... Made the life play with this Heeson. <laughs> Yes, that guy. Doesn't like I'm say, all like, in on that guy. You say like you, sir, Bumbad or something like you that. Saw. You, Yusa, <laughs> through the planet core. Now go. <laughs>
0: no, I'm man. available for voiceover. No,
1: yeah. dude. <laughs> oh my god. Binks. <laughs> <laughs> It's you don't think you are better than the Gongans? Me I like that. It's so bad. <laughs> oh my god, it's so bad. That's Boss Ness for the win. I think we
0: just have to end right now. Stop it. Alright. Alright, Rob. So the next category, does this hold up well? So I got No. No, indeed. I got the effects, the writing, and the acting. So pretty much the whole movie. <laughs>
1: it's too bad but yeah no it doesn't and we're we're all desperate for a reboot on this movie we'll never get a reboot on this movie but this is a movie that needs the reboot the most i'm good but no it doesn't hold up
0: yeah i'm good i got we got all the animated clone wars we got all that stuff which is far superior to this
1: that's so bad, isn't it? It's it, and it's sad. And again, the reason why Clone Wars and everything else that kind of follows it, except for resistance. Resistance yeah, is awful right seen that. now. Yeah, seen that. <clears throat> it's because other people are contributing to it. Yeah. Um, and I think the the, the more voices they kind of get into this thing, the better it's gonna be. George should really like what he needs to do is to be like the final word on things. Like let other people make the movies, um, just like he did for Empire, just like he did for Jedi. And let him be the final word. And I, I think there is some of that right now. As much as we say like George has no influence on Star Wars right now, I think that is a uh, that is just a fantasy. I think he does have a final say in what's going on with Star Wars right now. I think he has some input to it, but I don't know that he has a final say. No, he's not Disney. He can't just kind of pull the plug on it. But yeah. I, I I do think they they hold him as far as input is concerned. For sure. No, um, I, I would agree with that. I'm sure I'm sure he's involved in some capacity with that. But it's, you know, this movie, this is his movie. This is everything George has. Full stop, complete creative control, complete budgeting, yeah. complete story. This is George's movie more than any other Star Wars movie ever made. I agree. And um, it was a bust. And we saw how it turned out. Yeah, and it's too bad. Do you have anything you want to add to this? Does this still hold up? Um, Tyler had a, an interesting question on the, um, discord app. Sure. Um, I saw, yeah, the, the, the failed at the meeting your own grand expectations, or was that the first movie you remember that fell short of how you built it up in your head? Um, I gotta, it's the only movie I could think of in my life. That I've ever built so much in my head of just like, this movie is going to be amazing, like full stop. Even Avengers movies at this point are like, you know, hey, it'll be great. i will love to see it. And even episode nine, you know, as desperate as I am to see it, there's always this thing in the back of my head. Like, hey, it might just kind of fall short and we're just going to have to live with it. But no other movie in history, of my lifetime anyway, um, ever held that, you know, same... This is going to be amazing and just full stop. And I couldn't be more excited about it. George Lucas, here is my money. You know, go make it as you feel, you know, it deserves to be made. Um, Followed only by Crystal Skull. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Shortly
0: by Crystal Skull. Um, Yeah, I don't know that I wouldn't put this up there for me. This wasn't the one I was most disappointed by because I remember seeing it and I didn't think it was terrible when I first saw it. I didn't think it was good, but I didn't think it was terrible. Um, for me, it would be probably the the ones I can I can remember the clearest is either going to be Attack of the Clones because I knew immediately that was shit, um, or Crystal Skull. For me, those are the two immediately that I knew were just terrible.
1: Now you were kind of shitting on um, that second part of Deathly Hollows movie, Harry Potter. Yep. Yep. Why is that movie so bad? Um. Oh man. Because <laughs> I really I don't have a, a yeah, frame of reference.
0: Yeah. Um. Th- them splitting it, so that was like the first movie that they split. Now that's common practice where they split something into two, right? This was like really one of the first ones that I can remember them doing that to, and they they purely said because they they want to make sure they get everything in from the from the last book. Um, they just change, they fundamentally change a lot in that last one. More specifically, how uh, the the final scene with with Harry and Voldemort goes, they change it so much that I just can't. I can't get into it. I've built up this in my mind this big battle that's supposed to happen and I, I understand because JK Rowling's writes with such um you can she 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 writes such a clear picture for you to, to be really be able to visualize and it doesn't it doesn't match up with it. The the scale of it doesn't match the overall like tension, like the the feel of kind of it's really this is our last chance to do anything. If we don't do this, then we're we're pretty much done. Like everybody's gonna be done as he's going to win, right? And then the final scene with with Harry and Voldemort, it's it's really, I mean, I don't want to get into it too much, but the final scene is Harry comes back to life, right? Voldemort thinks he kills him. He comes back. He The final scene is him and Voldemort, essentially with everybody around them, just circling each other. They're just walking in a circle, talking. And he's telling him, he being Harry, is telling Voldemort like all of the plans that have happened that he didn't know about. Like Snape really not being on his side. Like all of these things that he thought was right are now wrong. And he's he's explaining everything that happened to him and everything he did wrong before he dies. And that just it gets me.
1: And that they, none of that happens in the in the movie. So they just totally made that up for that movie just to wrap up like loose ends? Is that Yeah, there's that... a
0: there's just a, a fight at the end where they're essentially like fighting with wands. And then at the end oh. he he uh he realizes he doesn't have a certain wand and, and essentially Voldemort goes out the way like everybody did in the last Avengers movie. Like he turns into <laughs> dust essentially. So the movie leading up to that scene is also terrible? It's not a bad movie. It just it it I don't like it because it's so different than the book. They gotcha. took and but that's the highest rated one on Rotten Tomatoes. It is? Uh, I don't know. It it uh it
1: took the most liberties with the source material. So would you consider that like a movie that you had high expectations for that completely just shit the bed? Yes. But it's not a bad movie, though. I don't consider
0: it a bad movie. It's just not what I like. I don't enjoy it because of those reasons. I think they
1: took too many liberties with it. So you're saying Crystal Skull is your biggest kind of like, it should be amazing, but it was awful when you actually saw it. Um, I don't know that I thought it it should be amazing, but I
0: had very high expectations for it. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know if I thought that after all these years that it would really,
1: really be good. But it just wasn't. It's too bad. What about you? They'll make up for an episode. It's Crystal Skull was a big movie for me. Like I really, you know, we because we were just kind of reeling off of the prequels with that movie, and they. It's. I knew if they got Harrison Ford, it was going to be one thing, but the fact that they had Spielberg was going to be something else, and I thought Spielberg, regardless of what George Lucas wanted to do with it was going to save that movie, give it heart, give it the depth, you know, make it the Indiana Jones movie. We wanted it yeah. to, and he just didn't deliver. And he's like, again, I, I, I really kind of enjoy these behind the scenes stuff. I think there's a lot of value in looking at that stuff. Um, but he very much feels like he doesn't care. Like, yeah. and that's the sad thing about Lucas too, is like he, I, in my heart of hearts, no matter what he says or what he, you know, what he kind of claims at any of these interviews, I don't think he has his place in the heart for these movies as much as we do. And I think that's why episode one failed so badly. It's just, it's not the story we wanted. And like, we're living with it, like, sure. But it's not the story we wanted where, you know, I think the new trilogy is a little bit closer to what we wanted. Because I think it's being made by people who relate to us. Yeah, I think, the, I think
0: Lucas is his own worst enemy. To a point, like he, he by all accounts really says like "fuck it, it's my world, I I created it, like I'll do what I want," and he doesn't seem to really care what the fans or anybody else wants. And you know, good for him, like if that's what he wants because he is the creator, he can do that. But then when you have all these, all this criticism, you can't get upset about it either. You can't have it both ways. You can't say "fuck it, I'm going to do what I want," and then when everybody criticizes, you be upset about it and be you know because by all accounts he resents Star Wars fans, and rightfully so because they say. You know, some of them are terrible to him, but you can't have it both ways.
1: No, if you're gonna if you're gonna set it up the way that you want to set it up because you feel it's right, then yeah, you have to take the criticism, and you got to take it with a grain of salt. And he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, he takes it very offensively and very just like, hey, they just don't get it, and they're unappreciative, and it's weird. It's the only franchise you could think of that really the fan base has such a level of kind of like resentment or anger towards the creator. And again, Star Wars fans are assholes, like full stop. Yeah, no, but I But like Star Trek fans don't have to deal with that. Harry Potter fans
0: don't have to no, deal with that. No, Harry Potter fans are I mean, they hold JK to a level of like a god almost. You know, right. she she can do no wrong. Even the directors for the most part. The only person I ever see get criticism for Harry Potter is the guy who played Dumbledore after the first uh, actor died. Because his portrayal of Dumbledore is a little bit different than I think what they expected from the books. That's the only right. person I ever
1: hear get har- get, critici- get gets criticized by fans. That's it. And it's you know there's, there's a certain level of responsibility we have as fans, and it's you know I you know as, as the years have gone on, we, like, certainly we were after *Phantom Menace* came out. There was a, a good chunk of people are like, wow, that's really not a fantastic movie. Everybody kind of realizes that, right? But there was certainly a lot of like people didn't want to admit to how bad it was. Sure. And it's really not until the internet age of like forums and social media and all that other stuff that it is just immediately dismissed as terrible movie. And again, don't get me wrong, Phantom Menace is not a great movie. Sure. Um, Attack of the Clones is an awful movie. But it's this anger towards George Lucas. Um I think that's that that's a result of the social media age. Yeah, and I think it's also just a result of how much people don't like
0: George Lucas anymore. Because to your that's point right. earlier, Lucas gets all the credit for making Crystal Skull be a shitty movie. Spielberg does yeah. not get any of the like nobody hates on Spielberg because of that movie. It's all Lucas and he didn't really have a ton to do with that movie.
1: You're right. And it's like Raiders. If you look at Raiders, Lucas had as much to do with Raiders as Spielberg and Harrison Ford did just as much as they were in Crystal Skull. So, sure. I mean, Lucas still came up with the story and the idea and everything that went along with it, but yet they're kind of like falling on the failure of the prequels. They're looking at Crystal Skull and they're like, oh, well, look, clearly it's Lucas's fault um, because the prequels were so bad. Crystal Skull but is not as bad as the prequels. No, really? it's no, No, the acting
0: is far superior. I know that you think the acting is much better. It's not nearly as wooden um, as the prequels. The prequels literally has some of the worst acting from a big budget movie I've ever
1: seen. I don't even think... Kate Blanchett in Crystal Skull is just embarrassingly bad. She's not good. Wouldn't you agree? She's not good. But it's not... I
0: I, I, I still... If I was to put her to me, if I put her in the prequels doing that same performance, she's the best one in the prequels. Ooh. Really? Yeah, she's not, I mean, you might not like her take on the accent, you know, the liberty she's taking as the character, but she's not wooden. Yeah. Like, hey, Natalie Portman, the shit she says, it, she says it with a straight
1: face with zero emotion. Nothing. Now, I'm curious of how far they went with that, because if you're watching the trailer, probably the trailer you played before this podcast, which trailer did you play before this podcast? I'm just the gonna original do,
0: one? No, I'm going to do a TV spot. It's only a 30 second. It's only 30 seconds. It's- There,
1: you could hear a change in voice tone from the original teaser to Phantom Menace to, um, like what's actually delivered in the movie. Sure. And what you hear in the teaser for Phantom Menace is Natalie Portman's, like, true, you know, tone. So it sounds like a little kid delivering the line, which is what it's supposed to be. But in the movie itself, they drop it down like two octaves to make her sound a little bit more, I guess. Sure. I get that. Whatever. Um, But it doesn't kind of work, so I'm curious if they would have kept the tone that she had originally set. If it would have been a better performance, like she like there's certain scenes in the movie that she's trying to give something to the role, even when she's like pleading with the Senate and like voting for non-confidence and everything that kind of goes along with that. I feel like her performance maybe wouldn't be so wooden or bad if they would have just left. Her voice alone. I think there's too much change in her voice. It could be.
0: Um, But also her facial expressions. She never changes facial expressions. She is just... Even in that scene that you're talking about when she's pleading with the Senate, she is saying it very... I mean, she looks like a sad puppy a little bit, and she doesn't... There's no aggression. It's just like... like Right, just delivering the line. It's not good, dude. And I, I mean... I am not a big Natalie Portman fan. I think that she may be a little bit of an overrated actress. You know, obviously, Leon, it's fantastic. She's a child. I don't know that I think that she's some world-beater actress. I don't think she's that great. And I think... Give me Portman's
1: best performance since The Professional. Go. Garden State. Garden State? That's an interesting
0: choice. I don't disagree, but why Garden State? Um, I just think it's probably her most natural performance. Yep. Yeah, Um, I mean, you could say like Black Swan. That doesn't really do it for me. That was it, Annihilation, the one that came out this year. Where yeah, I didn't see that. Um, she has a new movie coming out called Lucy in the Sky, where she's a a um, astronaut who's like having problems, kind of coming back to Earth and dealing with like kind of the mundane day to day stuff. When you've been an astronaut, and you've seen all this. I don't know, man. I just don't really find her that great. I think Garden State would probably be the other the other thing
1: I've enjoyed. Yeah, her. fair enough. Yeah, she it, she's a hard kind of pull as far as her later part of the career. A lot of people go right to Black Swan because she got she get nominated. Or she actually get the Oscar for that. Yeah, she won. She so. won, and and it's like I don't think that is her her kind of best yeah. performance. Yeah, I don't think she's a bad actress. I
0: just she doesn't do much for me personally, and I've heard she's notoriously terrible to people.
1: And um, that I heard so, that too. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious if that's like affecting our opinion of her. Like she's such a bitch. Same thing with Keira Knightley. Like in person, apparently she's such a bitch. Yeah, but, but like, does that you I, know, and that kind of affects how I see her in real in I, uh, her movie roles. I think, I think,
0: shout out to Kira Knightley who's in this movie and nobody ever realizes it. Um, I think that Natalie Portman
1: is a better actress than Kira Knightley. Shout out to Sofia Coppola who is also in this movie. Also, nobody realizes she's also in, in the
0: movie. movie as well. Who also ruined Godfather Three? No, well, there's a bunch. There was of reasons. a lot of people a, that. Yeah, but originally, Godfather, Godfather, 3. Godfather Three, that role was supposed to go to Winona Ryder. Not Sofia Coppola, and if it goes to a well-known writer, potentially
1: it could be a little bit better. That movie is bad. That like, movie's terrible, stop. dude. No uh, doubt. It's too bad. That I mean, that's a freaking I mean, We're going to talk about that on the Godfather podcast. You know, if you two come back away, from Sicily, yes. I'm coming back. You
0: wait and see. All right. So next category is this still holds up. I only have one thing because I just talked about how much I dislike everything in this movie, and again, it's Darth Maul. <laughs>
1: I feel like we talked about this like a half hour ago. I agree with you. Yeah, that's the only thing that holds up. Yeah, um, yeah, no performance, no special effect, no, no, no nothing. No. You know, Darth Maul is quintessential Phantom Menace. It's the only redeeming quality. He is fan. Yeah, he's. It, we're going to talk about that in the. I think one of the last categories.
0: He is pretty much who I remember from this movie. Uh, sure. On the good side, would this movie be better if Gary Oldman was in it? And if so, who would he play? All I have is yes, literally anyone. Gary Oldman could play Gary Oldman could play I know you like uh I know you like Ian McDermott he could play he could play uh
1: Palpatine but there's good poetry with him you know being there the is. same actor that was in Jedi there like, is. that's yes that kind of works it does and again if one if we ever do an episode three like Ian McDermott if anything pulls out of episode three things that he <laughs> did not pull it. out of the other Don't two say it He's, but, he's um, a train
0: wreck in in Sith, dude. No, he's stopping. Oh, stop stop no, Power <laughs> He's terrible, dude. No, no. Yeah, he's he's like i terrible. What's that voice? I, what's that voice? What's the what's voice? That's this mean? voice. That's the Emperor voice, dude. Yeah. So you know? Left um, left him disfigured. Fuck. Nah, man. Nope
1: left me scar yeah it's if
0: like, you tell me that he's a better actor than gary oldman i'm gonna turn this podcast off i wouldn't right say now. that i wouldn't say that no, stop stop
1: it but i think um gary oldman you i think and there's some truth to what you're saying there i you and mcgregor is still my quintessential obi-wan sure. um i don't know if gary oldman to be totally honest no offense gary oldman could have saved this movie anything no he could so have even saved it, it but he could have his he best could have been bet, any of these people he could have been Qui Gon easily, mm-hmm. um, and and maybe he brings something to the performance that Liam Neeson didn't. And no offense to Gary Oldman, I don't know if that's there because the writing's not there. Yeah. Um, Mace Windu, he might have been able to bring something to Mace Windu. I mean, the
0: long running rumor with Mace Windu that it was supposed to be Tupac, or Tupac was offered that. I that's ca- just
1: embarrassing. I kind of want to see that. <sighs> he's not going to do he's... any worse
0: than he's not going to do any worse than Sam Jackson.
1: No, and that's the most – if we have a new category of, like, the most disappointing performance, I mean, it's Samuel L. Jackson. He has, like, three lines. It's too bad. It's like I'm a huge fan of Samuel L. Jackson. I think it's – everybody kind of knows. But he is very poorly casted for this movie, and they give him literally nothing to do. Like, if in the the most minimal thing, they should have said, like, hey – They're going back to Naboo to kind of find the Sith Lord. Like, let's send our like most powerful Jedi on the Council, (laughs) i.e., Mace Windu, along with these guys to give him something to do. But the only thing Mace Windu does is like he sits in the chair and is kind of shitty and condescending, and he gives (laughs) this kid like a weird test. Of like, can he see through the screen of what he happens to be thinking about? It's the weirdest, like, judging of like, who is going to be a Jedi or not imaginable. Like, hey, can you see this picture that I'm artificially showing up <laughs> on my screen? If it is a ship or a speeder and it's like, oh, it, that's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> and it's too bad because Samuel L. Jackson does not like, and even in episode three, when he's got like some shit to do, he still just doesn't. Do it, Unlimited come on, buddy. Power. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. It's too bad. It's
0: all a right, purple lightsaber and all. Most memorable line. I got. I got three. <laughs> Go ahead. Because I, it, dude, I had a hard time finding. Because any. there's horrible lines. Yeah. Full stop. <laughs> At last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we will have our revenge, Darth Maul. Fear oh. is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. I sense much fear in you from Yoda, I mean, anything yep. that Yoda Frank Oz delivers is going to be up there, sure. And sure. I think the one that wins is I have a bad feeling about this <laughs> Obi Wan.
1: <laughs> they and they just shove it in there, yeah.
0: It's like the first thing he says, uh, It's got to be, it's, it's got for me, it's got to be at least you know,
1: at last we'll, re- we'll reveal ourselves to the Jedi. I like the uh, my, my vote for this one is uh, two there are no more, no less, one master, one apprentice. Because that kind of sets up what the Sith were all about. And if you start getting into the books, it kind of starts getting interesting. Sure. Because it's the whole point of the Sith is that you're always trying to take over the other role. So as soon as you become the apprentice, you want to become the master. Mm -hmm. So that's where that rule of two always comes in. And there's a series of books, because I'm a giant nerd and I read these things, um, called the Darth Bane Trilogy. Yeah. And Darth Bane is the one who came up with the rule of two. Um, I think that's an important line because that sparked that series. And that's such a great series. So I'm voting for that one. You're voting there. All right. Two there are. No more, no less. I like your boss, Nas. I love Imitate- boss, Nos.
0: Imitation much more than your your Frank Oz. <laughs> All right. The Samwise Gamgee Award for biggest. I like that. Okay. Go ahead. Samwise Gamgee Award for biggest wet blanket.
1: Yeah, I, I only have uh, one.
0: I know you, you're you going to have... It's not going to be who you have. Okay. It's who gonna, you got? I got Natalie Portman as Padme. As a wet blanket? The queen wouldn't approve. The queen doesn't have to know. Well, I don't approve. I don't approve. She's the no, fucking worst. Get fucked, She's the fucking Padme. worst. <laughs> She's just... <laughs> How many beers are you on right now? I'm... Uh... You got to talk into the mic, Rob. We can't. I might be
1: four. Four beers. See,
0: that's just embarrassing.
1: It's probably like four. I mean, we've been going for two and a half hours, dude. That's not too bad. But, you know, we're taking (laughs) breaks. So look at it that way. (laughs) Who do you have for the Samwise Gamgee Award for biggest wet blankets? Ewan McGregor, full stop. Because, and this is written badly. Yeah. But he is shitty through the whole movie. He's shitty to Qui-Gon. Oh, my God. He's shitty to Qui-Gon. He's shitty to everybody. He's shitty to Jar Jar. He's shitty to Anakin. He's shitty to the situation that they're in. They write him as just the biggest wet blanket ever. So I feel like if I may be so bold. Sure. To change the Samwise Gamgee um, award for a wet blanket to the Obi-Wan Kenobi episode one award for wet blanket. Done. Because again, I'm defending Samwise Gamgee. I think he's just looking out for everybody. Whereas, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi episode one is just being a dick about it.
0: Well, for now on, next time I see you having a beer, I'm going to say, Rob... You're having another beer? You've had three already. Like your boy Samwise does every single time. To, to back up your argument, Ewan does say at some point, oh, why do I feel like we're picking up another useless life form? Oh, yeah. So referring to a little
1: child who's 10. Right.
0: Like, what a dick. So, and he
1: just like saved him from slavery. Yeah. Like, why are you being such an asshole? Get
0: fucked, Obi-Wan. <laughs> All right. What do you wish there was more of in this movie? I only have one thing darth maul i didn't have darth maul because i don't i don't know if you have more darth maul if he's as significant fair i have one thing and it's i wish there were more practical effects
1: like what like all right so let's look at it and what would you wish was more practical Uh, what set did you want them to build every set (laughs) i mean what you can't say
0: why do you why do you enjoy episode seven and eight so much more it's, oh, the practicality of the sets. Yeah, that's full stop. I, I can't yeah. disagree with that. Yeah, they could was—they could certainly add special effects. By no means are they supposed to build all of Naboo, right? Right. I got that. But like, there's things they can add. There are se- There are stretches of 10, 15, 20 minutes of this movie that is nothing but CGI background.
1: That's, if you're looking at the Gungan battle droid battle, no, I mean, that's no. all cartoon.
0: Right, but okay, from the second they go into Gungan, Right, they okay. go into the where, yep. where where whatever that city's called. They go sure. all through the planet. How do they say? It? What's that? What is it called?
1: Planet core. Now go. <laughs>
0: so as soon as they go through the planet core, that's a fifteen-minute stretch of movie that's nothing but CGI, with with a CGI actor. Yeah, it's bad, man. It's it's hard to watch.
1: It's like if if we're gonna argue that scene. No, I'm saying... The scene is stupid. The scene is stupid. For them to, like, go through the... Pl- and to spend 15 minutes of them just kind of, like, going through water... Yeah. For no reason other than travel, it's a dumb well, scene. Well, the reason like, is I to can't sell toys. That. Yeah. I mean, they're going to sell an extra ship and all the bad guys and, you what, know, what's the here's other... this deluxe set. What's the dude
0: who looks like uh, Jar Jar, but he's, like, a general?
1: Oh, um... <laughs> Uh, I have that. Not, I had that. Toy. Oh, my God. What the heck? Steven no, um, the Siegel. I mean, that's the actor's name. That's what's so bad. Not Boss Nass. Shit. What
0: the hell is that guy's it's name? general, like, starts with a T, I think. Anyways, okay. Proceed. I will look it up. Finish your thought about... Tarples.
1: Torples. Tarples. Yeah. Y- tarples. I think,
0: Tarples. Tarples.
1: Tarples. Got it. Yeah, okay. So I was excited <laughs> there for a minute. All
0: right. General Tarples. Finish your, your what was the... thought on what you wish there were more of. In the Besides Sarth Maul? <laughs> well, we were talking about practical effects.
1: I know. I mean, we were going there, but then you threw me off on this Captain Tarples thing. It's not Admiral. It's Captain, by the way. I, I had Admiral. his toy. Look up the actor who played him. It's Steven Yeah, I mean, that's the figure. I totally have that figure. <laughs> but it's like, what is the dude's name that did the voice?
0: Got it. This is good. This is good podcasting. Are this you gonna, is good. Podcasting. Are you going to finish your thought
1: on <laughs> practical effects? You know, you everyone argues the artificialness of it. Okay. But it's hard to kind of like point at like specifically what what you want to change because a lot of like the special effects stuff it like kind of has to be there. Um Steve, but I don't disagree. Steven Spires, I was totally close. I was so so close. I, I know you there's
0: a there's I can play, I can point to plenty of things that you can that I would I can specific- point, give me one.
1: Give yeah. me two rather.
0: Give you two rather. Um, any of the scene where they are the any part of the scene where they're on Coruscant. Okay. When they're in when they're in the Jedi like temple meeting room, I understand that the background, the windows have to be CGI to a point, right? Yeah. The rest of it is also CGI. It looks terrible. Right? If they're okay. they're in they're in I would argue that, that that building probably doesn't have anything above the windows. Nothing, it has no ceiling, nothing. That looks terrible. Um, when they're in the hangers, like that all looks terrible. There's, there's plenty of parts. The, the part, why do they have to go into a big power plant at the end of fight with (laughs) You got a better argument on that one. Yeah. There's, 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 there's plenty of things that you can just have sprinkle in and have, you know, not as
1: many special effects. That is the most, um, out of place scene. I think you're absolutely right on that one. Is that there's no reason to have this kind of giant power plant thing that has this weird shield thing that kind of kept them all apart for that whole time? It was a it, it was an aesthetic decision that was made to like, hey, we need some cool place for these guys to fight, maybe multi level and kind of real narrow um, platforms, but there's no practical use for it. Those guys would have been fine just battling around the palace. I think would have been a better use of uh, the time, sure, or the or the space, but whatever it is, um, but. Again, kind of go back to the original question. I think more Darth Maul in this would have worked. Um, I really do. I think if we we brought him more in and had him as um, the the general bad guy, not the freaking Trade Federation or even Darth Sidious or any of that stuff. Sure. Let him be the guy who pulls the strings on episode one. And then once he's destroyed, kind of like, oh, no, it wasn't him this whole time. It was really this freaking guy. This freaking guy. And make that make that reveal a little bit slower, right. that would have worked a lot better. Okay. But the other thing I really wanted more of, because I'm like, I'm super stoked about Samuel L. Jackson, is like, give him a more important role. The
0: end. What else? I mean, Yeah, I just don't know what else. This movie, I don't know where he fits into this movie specifically.
1: Like what you would have He doesn't. Do. Yeah, that's a problem. And, and that, th- conceptually, the movie is bad. I don't know that he needs to be in this movie at all. He doesn't. Absolutely not. You don't need that big of a guy to be in this movie, even in kind of like, hey, he's kind of like a background character here, but he's going to be more important because he's never more important. No. And he's not more important than Yoda. No. And not even close because there's there's nothing at stake with him. He brings nothing to the table. There's no big reveal that his importance in there. Even Nick Fury, to a, a, an arguable degree, needs to be in The Avengers, even though he does very little. Like, it's the same thing. It's He's there, and for some reason he's important, but we never kind of find out why. Well, like, why is he so revered? He's not bringing any judgment or interesting, like, dialogue or or anything to the storyline. It's well, he's too bad, st- because I he want him to.
0: starts the Avengers. I mean, that's his, that's his thing.
1: I mean, in the Avengers, sure, but in the Star
0: Wars movies, he's got yeah. no place. The only thing, only scene I can say, like, okay, I can understand why he was there is when they do the reveal at the end where he says, you know, which one did we kill, the apprentice or the master?
1: Yeah, sure. and uh, But and that could be uh, anybody saying that. It could be it could be Obi-Wan saying that to Yoda. And that's another character that could have easily have been Obi-Wan. And maybe they were just trying to like thin it out a little bit. But it's it's a lot of bad decisions in Phantom Menace. Yeah. Who's mo- it's too bad. Whose movie is this? You want me to go
0: first? Go ahead. It's Jake Lloyd and Jar Jar's movie. And it's for the wrong reasons. Like, that's, yeah. unfortunately, that's who, for me... That's who I think about when I think about this movie is I think about how terrible Jake Lloyd is and, and Jar Jar Binks. And again, I feel terrible for thinking you know how bad Jake Lloyd is because it's not his fault. But that's when I think
1: about this movie. That's what I think about. I think about George Lucas on this movie. Okay. This is George Lucas's movie to either win or to lose. And I agree with you when I reflect on the movie itself and what the movie kind of feels and looks like. Anakin's right there on top. Jar Jar is right there on top. But at the end of the day, it is George's movie. It is his screw up, and okay. sadly, that's where he's at. Underrated, overrated, properly rated. Properly rated. Properly. Well, why don't you review the uh, percentages?
0: Fifty-four percent critics, fifty-nine percent audience. Um, I am going to say, and this has nothing to do with with the any of the either one of those scores. I'm going to say this movie is underrated. I'm going to really? say this movie is underrated for try, try to follow me here. The okay. fact that people will say this is the worst Star Wars movie and it is not the worst Star Wars movie. The worst Star Wars movie is Attack of the Clones. So this movie is underrated in that fact. If you look at it as a standalone movie, it is
1: properly rated at, you know, 54%. Really? So as negative as you are about this movie, you're telling me that you and Attack of the Clones is even worse? Attack of the Clones is literally, if I if I have to tell you a movie that's not
0: intentionally bad to make, you know, let's just put this. Way. If I have to tell you a sure. movie that is, had everything going for it, had studio backing, had money, decent actors, Attack of the Clones is the worst movie I've ever seen. Wow. Now, obviously there's worse movies, but when you factor in this movie should have been good, had had right. every opportunity to be good, it's Attack of the Clones. It's either I mean Lawrence
1: Kasdan actually did the screenplay on it, didn't he?
0: The the screenplay, the book that they do, so like the stand the book that the that accompanies the movie, right? right? I actually don't find that bad. I've read it. It's not terrible. No. It's if I have to tell you what's the worst movies I've ever watched, it's this, it's Batman versus Superman, or it's Justice League. <laughs> Pick one of those three. I'm sorry, it's not this. It's Attack of the Clones, Batman vs. Superman, or Justice League. I know you like Batman vs Superman, dude. Batman vs. I don't Superman. mind Batman vs. Batman vs. Superman is fucking unwatchable. It is Justice terrible. League.
1: Justice League is knocking on the door of the worst movie I've seen, like big budget movie I've seen. Sure,
0: but Batman vs. Superman, Batman vs. Superman is so much worse than Justice League. It's unwatchable, dude. It's fucking <sighs> terrible. What did you say? Her name's Martha. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Dude, it's I don't, fucking yeah. it's unbearable. Oh God, I'm you're getting me. But worked you know out. It's that's the th- That's the
1: thing. It's like if I throw those two on, I'm more likely to watch Batman versus Superman versus uh Justice League. Get the fuck I out be of honest. here. Not, yeah, I really do. I'm
0: not watching either one. Why would you even put them on? Well, I, uh, Why do it, you
1: even own those?
0: I do I totally own. I know one you of those do, ones. and you own autographs from them. You suck. And it's
1: too bad because I want Man of Steel is also like a movie. Sucks. I want to love so much more than I do. I think it had so much going for it. Man is still and like the hope was all there, but it's just—it's too bad. It really is, and maybe that's where it comes from. Of like, even more so at the core of my life, do I need Batman and Superman to be a better movie than it actually is? Justice League, I could give a fuck about. Maybe that's why I'm like so dismissive of it. But Batman versus Superman—it's just they just—they had. 40 years worth of writing yeah. and interpretations of that movie, and they just couldn't figure it out. Like, I get it. I mean, I would put, and I've only watched
0: it once. I'll probably never watch it again. Aquaman might be up in there for me, too.
1: <laughs> I still haven't seen it. Totally uh, haven't
0: seen it. Aquaman's bad, dude, but I, th- I still think Batman versus Superman is worse. But did
1: you like Wonder Woman? I love Wonder Woman. But so what did, what did Aquaman lack that Wonder Woman had? Everything. Give me an example. Again, because I haven't seen Aquaman. Give me an example. Charm.
0: <laughs> it had, it, it lacked. it. I feel the same way about Aquaman, kind of that I do about Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones. There is nothing in that movie that is practical, and it all looks like special effects. Oh, okay. It's not likable. There's nobody who's charming. The costumes are bad. The effects are bad. The writing is bad. The direction is bad. Um, it's, but yet it made a shit ton of money, didn't so, it? So did Phantom Menace. Uh, yeah, bad there. movies make money. Apparently. Yeah, Wonder Woman is set in, I mean, it's, it's the reason that movie succeeds is because Gail Gadot is fantastic in it, and Chris Evans, or Chris, uh, uh, what the fuck is his name? Chris Pine is fantastic in it. Right. They're both very likable.
1: Their relationship is great. That's why it works. You know, I heard somebody shitting on uh, the original Captain America movie. I don't like that and movie. And I either. really enjoy that movie. I can't stand that movie either. For real? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Why not? Um, like I feel like that and Ca- and Wonder Woman are very much on the same page as far as like the tone and how a, a they... little
0: bit yeah a little bit of tone. I again I don't think that Chris Evans comes off as likable in that movie. Um, I would say that if I was going to pick a Captain America that I enjoyed the
1: most, it would probably be the third one. It's that Civil War. Civil War, yeah. Is that just because of the characters, or because of what Captain America is doing?
0: Yeah, probably because of the overall characters. I don't really find Captain America that great in general. Um, Winter uh, Soldier is okay, but it's really forgettable. I don't remember really what happened in that movie.
1: I feel like Captain Winter Soldier is just kind of like a movie that's thrown into yeah. like bridge a lot of things, and I feel Civil War is very much that way as well. Like Captain America: The First Avenger, that first one is, it, I. That was the most in depth on a character. I think we went besides an Iron Man movie with one of these Avengers guys. Yeah, uh, and it's too bad because I really do like that movie. I'll have right? because I, I'll have to rewatch it. Um, it's a, it's one of those movies that again, coming
0: off of like the first Iron Man, I was like, man, Captain America should be awesome, right? And uh, I, I remember not thinking it was great. It's slow. Uh, I'll have to. I've only watched it the one time, so maybe I'll watch it again and just see if I'm being biased because of how excited I was for it. Yeah, that um, deserves a second watch. Yeah. That,
1: if you like Rocketeer, then I feel like you
0: would like you're that. Easy Killer. You're Easy Killer you're on you're on Hollow Ground. I mean, Rocketeer. You is don't a, like? I do like Rocketeer, but it's also oh, okay. because of nostalgia. I mean, yeah. Rocketeer holds a near or dear place to I think a lot of kids of our generation and kind of our, you know, like mindedness. Yeah, you know,
1: where I don't think. But out. I mean, it's it, it's the same. It Joe Johnson is the same director. I got you. I got you. So I think there's a lot of similarities between those two movies.
0: How much you spent on that poster?
1: next next question (laughs) oh man there was a couple of bucks on that poster i got yeah you got you got
0: what's your face on there for me i did Haley Otwell. thanks buddy i got nothing else for you man i got nothing else uh i got no other questions you got anything you want to you want to talk about real quick i mean we're going on two hours (laughs) and six
1: minutes i so clearly i got nothing else to give um it's you know I, i think at the end of the day Let's let's bring it all down to like a a core last like kind of leaving thought of Phantom Menace. Bring it all
0: back.
1: It's a bad movie. I think you both you we both agree it's a bad movie. I think if you're if you're gonna like hey I really want to watch Star Wars movies what movies should I start with? Phantom Menace is not the answer. Um, I think we both agree that George Lucas is partially if not majorly majorly mostly at fault for this movie. But I think you and I both appreciate its place in the Star Wars kind of like mythos. So without this, we do not have a, you know, overabundance of Star Wars movies right now. We don't have digital characters, kind of good, bad, or evil, or or whatever kind of goes along with it. Um, we don't have any of that. Um, and then we also don't have a lot of the comic book characters we have right now. I think Phantom Menace proved that it was bankable to do um, these nostalgia movies that we're all going to show up in the movie theater and we're all going to watch. So I think it's important in that sense. I think
0: that is very well thought out, very well stated, and I agree with all of that. Um, I think for as much as I don't like Phantom Menace, Phantom Menace will always hold a spot you know, near and dear to my heart. It was you know, a time that we were all waiting for Star Wars, It it, it reintroduced us to characters that we already knew, like a a galaxy we knew. And for that reason, it's like, I'll never hate this movie. Um, And I'll I'll probably watch it again, and I'll probably end up showing my daughter at some point. Um, For those reasons. But it's still not a good movie. Not a good movie. But I have a lot of fond memories of this time. All right.
1: So now that we're wrapping this up.
0: I thought that was the wrap-up.
1: No, no, no. We we have one last thing to discuss. Mm Mm-hmm. You and Damien were talking about heading out to the Hudson Valley. Yep. I'm just saying it came up. Yep. And I'm just saying this kid is due in July. Speaking of babies, mm-hmm. but we have we're currently in the end of March right now, mm-hmm. and that kid is not due until July. Uh huh. So you got three months here, buddy. Well, that's so that's not correct. I'm not going to leave my wife in the
0: her third trimester probably for that amount of time because what God forbid I'm at your house when she gives birth. <laughs> Um, we'll drive you out there. So realistically, we have April, and okay.
1: potentially of maybe a, a short period of time in May. I I think you're, I I think you have more time than that. But I, all right, I'm let's, sure we do. But let's as, bring it as, down as being to May. A first-time father, I'm not gonna risk it. Now, Damien, a man that I've only known for a couple of months, sure. you know, it, I I would even bring it down to even less than that. It is very much a relationship that I have through you to him we're all getting along great but you're, you're welcome you're yeah there it is and he is ready to come at any second yeah and yet here's a man that I've known better part of 10 years now right who's like well I'll get there when I get there sure so it's like it it it, it just it hurts my heart <laughs> to kind of like hear that Damien's ready to come and I'm ready like Damian I will pick you up wherever you want to get picked up but um the, I think you can make this happen in the next 2 months. The funny
0: thing is, a we haven't I haven't said anything bad about Damien in this podcast, which is a little out of the norm. I usually that throw is a, a jab of the at norm. him. But I love him. I will be he will be here next weekend. We're going to go to DQ, we're going to go to WonderCon. So I can't say anything bad about my guy. Um he loves to travel. So that's that's one thing. Um he is a gypsy. <laughs> he has no uh family responsibilities because That's the way he lives his life and good for him. Um, And has disposable income, also good for him. Uh, But we'll try to make it happen. If it makes you feel better, I think I mentioned it on the pod, is Nicolette was the one who's like, you should go
1: see Rob before the baby's born. Yeah, you should. Just saying, thanks, Nicolette. Thanks for caring.
0: Shout out to Nicolette, who also doesn't doesn't ever want to be back on the pod.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nicolette doesn't, listen, and like full stop, like regardless if you leave this in the podcast or not, but everybody, everybody is doing an amazing job with this podcast. Just saying.
0: Yeah, I mean just except saying. for except
1: for Damien. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> da- kidding. <laughs> Damien's the weak link.
0: No, that's th- awful. Tyler's probably the weak link.
1: That's also just terrible. Like I like I'm super stoked about Tyler and the Raiders podcast. Yeah. Whenever you're ready, Tyler, I'm ready. Beth is doing a great job. Gerald's doing a great job. Damien's doing an amazing doing job. A good job. I, I'm
0: doing kidding. A job. I kid. If anybody's the weak link, it's probably me. Oh, stop it! Oh, stop it! All right, buddy. Can I get one You're more boss nos? Just something. Can I get something? <laughs> Can I get just a gem? Can I get something yes, like that? <laughs> Can
1: I get like a like a binks? This man, <laughs> binks. You have the life lay with this heisen. It's just bananas. It's so good. Brian blessed, amazing. Uh, God bless him. You, you just blessed
0: me with just so, <laughs> such great content, my friend. You were the best. Thank you, buddy. I love you. I love. Best. I love you being on this. You're just. You're just the best. Two hours and twelve minutes of just. <laughs> just I don't even know what. Sorry, buddy. All right, buddy. I appreciate you being on, and uh, we'll appreciate do it again.
1: you, buddy. Be good. All right, buddy.
0: As always, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Rob for being on. This was a fun one. Uh, if you give us those five-star reviews on iTunes, I would appreciate it. Also, give us a subscribe, rate, and review on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Give us a follow at The Morning Geekdom on Instagram, at The Morning Geekdom on Facebook, as well as Twitter. And we will do it again next week. Shout out to Gary Oldman. Binks,
1: Please, I like that.